Borak Dog Earthlets. You might be noticing the last episode of Space Spinner was 186, and now we're on 188. We've had some audio problems with 187. I need time to fix it, so instead, we're just going to jump to the 1989 annual. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have episode 187 up next Monday, followed by 189. It will all make sense, I promise. Let's get to it. Splondig Verthrig. Earthlets. My name is Conrad, and this is the 188th episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where we try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This week, we're taking a break from our usual weekly progs to cover the Judge Dread annual 1989. As always, annuals are data for the year after they come out in. This is the eighth Dread annual and features a, yeah, yeah, a multi-part full-color... A multi-part story with full-color art by Carlos Escara with classic tales from the archives and some Ron Smith daily dreads, true daily dreads. Price the annual has increased a bit to £3.75. And the big news for me is my guest this episode, James McMurtry. Welcome, James. Welcome. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for coming on the show. As this one's been a long time coming just because of how um, the vagaries of our progress through the, the progs have been. So thank you so much for your patience and for coming on the show today. I'm delighted to be here, Conrad. Oh, thank you very much. So I was wondering, b- before we get started, if you could share your 2080 history with us. Well, I would have been uh, an action reader in the 1970s. When it came out in 76, I was eight years old then. Um, so at that time, comics were all pervasive for, for for boys in England, I think. And uh, so I'd have been reading Battle and Warlord and all the um, the, the funnies, as we called them. Um, but uh, action was just something, something completely different. Um, we had Hookjaw uh, and Treasure. Yeah, Treasure. And, uh, and later on, we had Death Game 1999, which is a particular favorite as well. So oh, it was nice. just amazing to see the... Uh, see the deaths you know it wasn't just dying it was people people being ripped apart which is just brilliant so you know in the playground sharing the comics uh, and drawing them as well or trying to draw the comics uh, which is a fantastic thing and very shortly after that obviously 2000 ad um uh, which was again slightly tamer but it was still carrying on harlem heroes flesh just brilliant yeah so that's yeah, what nothing, I, was, I think uh, i was gonna say i think prior to yeah Nothing can match those action days where everything's wild and woolly and people are it getting really was, yeah. chopped and people are swimming into sharks' mouths and being eaten alive. You know, it's just a different time. It was. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I was aware, though, that it had been banned at the time. I just don't think I was aware of that. Um, it just, you know, I, uh, it just wasn't there. And Because uh, sometimes you go to news agents and comics wouldn't be there. They'd be sold out or whatever. Didn't have yeah. a subscription or anything. Uh, but very shortly afterwards, after Christmas um, – 2000 he was there and we just carried on from there really mm-hmm. uh yeah it was brilliant and uh so i don't think dread actually was uh wasn't as important as as i say flesh or, or and strips and harlem heroes they were the ones that really captivated me hmm. and my friends i think at the time yeah. yeah yeah because obviously they were they were uh referencing things that we knew about um the harlem globe trotters and uh and dinosaurs and time travel. These are great things. We, we, we just thought they were fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. And Dread yeah. was great. Dread was great, but it, it grew rather than it was a, didn't have that immediate impact. Hmm. Yeah. And of course, we knew, um, we knew, we knew Dan Dare. We knew of Dan Dare. Um, 
And we saw, my my personal opinion, we sort of liked Dan Dare. Uh, Certainly, Bernardinelli's artwork was fantastic. Oh, yes. Um, And and unlike you, we actually thought the Mekong was great. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you have to, like, you have to bring stuff into the Mekong, I feel like. I feel like sometimes there's, like, I don't know, maybe if it's being a, just being a kid or, like, it having been scary to people in previous generations or something like that, you know, you can kind of, like, I, 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 I think it's actually like a lot of like comic book uh, villains where if you kind of know their background, like, oh, yes, like this person is kind of scary or has menace. But if you're just kind of coming into it, it, coming into it cold, it's like, oh, this is just like a guy with a weird costume or a guy with a big head on a flying toilet or something like that. You know, it has to have stuff like like backing it up to have have any heft to it, you know. Well, I I wonder, we we also had um, at the time, I'm sure at the time we had, uh, is it Davros or? Davros in, in Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, Doctor Who, yeah. The, the guy who sat in a half a Dalek. And, oh, that's um, true. you know, and it's sort of a similar sort of vibe to it, didn't it? So uh, that was quite scary for me at the time. I think hiding behind the city at Doctor Who. So, uh, yeah, whole, so, to, to, the, to the Mekong was, was quite acceptable. You know, it was quite, he, was, he, was a, he was a good villain. Yeah, he was a good villain. A whole, there's a whole, like, uh, <laughs> like subgroup of, like, seeded villains, I think, that sort of show up in, in children's fiction somehow. Like, oh, yes, that guy's in a chair. You know he's tough. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so in terms of that, so just just I haven't stopped reading since then actually. So I had Star Lord, Tornado, and and although I, I did actually, um, I think at the time, so late seventies, I, I collected. Uh, uh, of course, we had we had British Marvel comics, which were good, but they were black and white. Mm-hmm. But you could go into the newsagent and you could actually pick up uh, imported DC and Marvel. And um, well, actually, no, some of them weren't uh, imported; they were actually in pence, so they would have been, but they would have been. Uh, Pence versions of these American comics. So right, right. I remember, I remember collecting um, at the time fantasy masterpieces, which were reissues of the Silver Surfer mm-hmm. from the late sixties, uh, and that was that had a real impact on me. I thought they were fantastic. Um, so they reprinted most of those, not all of them. I nice. think they reprinted it right up until number fourteen with Sp- Spider Man, I think, um, and that was fantastic. But that was really, that was really my only real foray into um to american comics apart from obviously you know the the uk black and white uk marvel mm-hmm. collections you could pick up anytime but i say i wouldn't really collect those comics you just they they used everywhere we'd go we had these um i wonder if any other listeners remember we had these things in the uk called jumble sales i suppose mm-hmm. thrift sales maybe in the uk i don't know what they would be called yeah, in america but or, um or maybe like a flea markets or something like that yeah yeah I, yeah I, but we'd I, have jumble sales. in the states yeah yeah and you'd have like local halls or whatever scout halls and things like that would have these sales and you go down there and you could literally buy conrad like rolls of comics <laughs> i mean it was just and you would you, you know you could spend five ten pence on these comics and you come home with you could come home with 10 20 comics even more than that um and it was just i, I can't say at the time i collected them it was just throwaway um unfortunately yeah but um I, I, you know it's it's a whole it's it's such a big change i feel like in, in the comic books era because it's it, the idea of like, oh yes, I've got this comic. I'm going to hold on to it for years and years to come. Is such a uh, like it only happened in the last like 25 years, maybe. I mean, it led to a collector's market also that caused a big, a huge boom and bust. But it's because yeah. up until that point, like no one thought about saving these comics at all. You know, I mean, you well, see that with 2000 AD, where it's basically just written on like where it's printed on like toilet paper. That like if you if you touch it too much, it just dissolves in your hands and things like that. Well, it's true, but you know what? I actually did have at the time. I did have a, a, a um, an intention of collecting two, my two thousand ADs at least, That's because 
I was I was one of these um young people that um hole punched about oh. hundred and thirty yes, hole punched about hundred and thirty of the first issue. So right up to one right up to issue one thirty, I had the whole two thousand collection, but all hole punched. So in a, in so, a big binder basically or a series of binders well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well I wanted to put them in folders, you see you could put them in folders and I'd seen mm-hmm. You could, um, you know, so I hole punched them all, thinking that I was going to keep them all nice and tied end of my bed, you know, and, and um, not realizing I'd ruined them, basically, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, I, yeah, so that was just the you worst know, thing. And um, It's, a, it's uh, so, a practical collection, not a not, not a financial collection, you know. It's well, it's, well, they're gone now, and I've, I've replaced oh, no. them since. But, uh, but I remember in the 90s, again, I can't remember his name. There was a guy who used to advertise in 2000 AD. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. Dave. Dave I can't remember his name now, but he was fantastic. I, I did, bought a load of comics from him at the time, and uh, in his, he used to send us a little, uh, a little flyer, a little leaflet with all his uh, stock in there. Mm-hmm. And um, in the corner, he would have punched, punched copies. So he'd have a whole, <laughs> he'd have a, you know, a, and, I, and I actually felt really good about it because I thought to myself, Do you know what, I'm not the only one because I felt bad for years, yeah, you know, that I'd actually ruined. So because I stopped, uh, prog, but I think prog, I tell you what, I stopped at the one where Dread is holding up the, the, the ship that comes off the Black Atlantic, that one. Mm-hmm. So whenever, yeah, it's early 100, isn't it? Yeah. So I stopped there. I just stopped punching it. Something, something just said to me, don't punch them anymore, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but I wasn't the only one. Loads of other kids must have done that. Yeah, it is yeah, funny. With, with the best yeah. We do see even letters and stuff in uh, in 2080 sort of talking vaguely about collecting comics. And people saying like, oh, like what you got to do is get like a cereal box and, 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 and just put them in there. You can put like, you know, paste covers that you like on, on the outside of your cereal boxes. You're, you're collecting them in and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? And I think we're, we're honestly counting down the days, I think, in 2080 itself to when they stop giving out cash prizes and start giving out uh, 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 binders or folders to like put your comics in and things like that. Like that's that. right. LRD those, and stuff. Yeah. But those folders that they would advertise, they were so um, inhibitively um, expensive, I think, for most readers. So yeah. they look they look great, but uh, you know you couldn't be buying those unless you're well off. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't happening. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got a, got, yeah. got a DIY. That's the key. So, it was, yeah. So I – so – if you were collecting, then I guess you, you 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 got these annuals as you were uh, as they were coming out and stuff. Well, actually, I didn't because annuals, unless you got it for Christmas, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, you, they were quite expensive. Yeah, that's I true. Yeah, anyway. yeah, so, definitely you know, so weekly. Yeah, they were. Yeah, so I remember getting the first annual. I actually got the first annual at school. At a school, had a little. Uh, it was the Blue Peter bringing buy sales. People might remember that. <laughs> but, uh, and so people brought in, they, you bring in something and a, and a, a friend of mine bought in the 1978, uh, 2000, the annual. And, uh, I picked it up then. So I was delighted with that. I've still got that one actually. And I didn't oh, nice. hole punch it. you pleased to know. So, well, yeah, it's uh, hard to hole punch the hard so, cover, you know, I mean, yeah, come on. But, uh, so, exactly. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to hammer a nail on that one. But no, so I got that one still. But, uh, so, and, but after that, really, I mean, I would pick up some of them, but again, it's see, it was the expense, but sure. a lot of them I would collect, I collected later on. So this one we're looking at today. I was, mm-hmm. what was I was uh, twenty twenty one at this point, and uh, as I said, um, I I I I was married and had a child by then, uh, mm-hmm. very early in life. Sure. So uh, I would have picked this one up, as I say, later on in the nineties, I think. And uh, so it's an interesting one, though. It's yeah, one. I've I've definitely had some interest, like j- just hunting the uh, hunting these down on on eBay and stuff as we sort of come to them. Um, yeah. It's it's been fun. Like I've I've really enjoyed picking these annuals up. I feel like. 
I, I don't know if I have a, if, if if I have the shelf space for an actual 2000 AD collection, but um, these annual well, co- like a, a bunch of annuals on the shelf look look quite handsome with their hard covers and things like that. I'm I'm I'm, I'm stoked to have these for sure. They do. I'm I'm at the stage now where I've got something like I don't know 20 boxes of 2000 ADs and Judge Dredd magazines and annuals, and you know, and I've, I think I've got I've gone digital recently. So it was a I mean, every year for the past 10 years, I've been saying I should. <laughs> um, but, but this year I've done it, and um, do I regret it? Maybe because <laughs> I did love the time of the prog every week. But we'll see. We'll see how it feels. I can always get them back if I need to. Yeah, but, I mean, um, I've, I've always been digital, but that's just because of international shipping costs and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just sort of. I well, part of it is because it in there. Yeah, well, part of it is slightly the same. I, I live in Ireland now, so it is it is slightly more expensive to get them to get them mm-hmm. delivered. So, um, but uh, but no, I still see it every week. It's still fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, love it. Cool. So you've had this copy that that we're reading today since the mid '90s or so. Well, yeah, I well, yeah, well be, worn, yeah. well loved, excellent. <laughs> yep. Cool. Yep. All right. So let's start heading in that annual's direction. I think um, just to give you some context, last episode we got to Prague 590. So Dread just went over the rainbow and into full color. Very exciting. Um, we're he, and, and at the same time, he's fighting Mean Machine in collected Dread comic strips. Uh, Slain the King is back briefly organizing his new kingdom. Zenith's fighting some kind of robot. And uh, Torquemada has – Torquemada's in England in the 80s and he's just converted Purity Brown to his side. Oh, it's very strange. It's very crazy. It's excellent stuff. <laughs> so the cover for yeah. this one is by the great Carlos Oscara. Uh, Dread tosses one perp to the side, fires at someone off screen. And inside, Dread's already shot the cover page and the screen's all cracked. And the bullet hole on the contents page is bleeding out. <laughs> yeah. isn't, that, isn't, that a great, isn't that a great image of Dread uh, behind the uh, roll call? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's actually pretty similar t- uh, to the uh, – to the cover for the Dread Mega Special this year, which is by by Brian Bolland, but it also sort yeah. of has this image of Dread, like having just destroyed part of the comic and sort of looking looking out at you like 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 your next creep, you know? Yeah, but, you know, to, to have that the original the original artwork for that would have been excellent, I think. Um, he's got a typical look of a squarer Dread. Disdain, hasn't he? Absolutely. Fantastic. <laughs> totally. Yeah, and yeah. and and speaking of a uh, disdaining of a dread looking on disdainingly at people having a good time. <laughs> let's go to Thrill One Costa del Blood Part One. Oh, there's so much to say about this opening page. It, just this opening page. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, scripted by John Wagner, Alan Grant, art by Carlos letting her about TF Clone, who like. I I talked to, I tried to get an idea of what the lettering was for this one because I'm pretty sure that stands for a Tom Frain clone. So oh yeah, that must yeah must do. So uh, but I always have trouble identifying who exactly letterers are. But there was some thinking that maybe this was like uh, like Gordon Robson like stepping in but making a joke about it. So calling himself Tom Frame clone because of course at this point Tom Frame's your definitive dread letterer. Um, so just like listen, I I know I'm not him. It's okay. <laughs> but anyway. Between Mega City One and the Black Atlantic lies the 17-mile strip known as the Costa del Meg. It's a big holiday spot for Mega Citizens. You can play on the beach and have fun, but you better keep your chem suit on, or a shirtless judge in a lifeguard nest will shoot you. 
It's just amazing, isn't it? I mean, there's so much going on. There's so much. There's so much that's British in this, you know. In in typically in America, oh, yes, yes in down, a city one in the future, d- down to the seaside for various yeah. things. Absolutely. I mean, do you have in in the US? Do you have piers with like fun fairs and arcades at the end? It's a very East Coast thing, I think. On the right. uh, in it, 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 in the US, so like my first thought was like uh, Atlantic City. I think has a big boardwalk. There's right. parts of um, which is in New Jersey. Um, then there's parts of uh, of where I'd go to the beach when I was a kid on the uh, on the coast of like Maryland and Delaware, which are sort of also sort of on the East Coast that had these kind of like yeah, they're sort of like long term beach towns that have like a you know that they have like a wooden boardwalk that might have once been a pier or something, but a lot of like you know fair rides and like tchotchke shops and things of that nature, pretty much. Do they actually have? Do they have the arcades and the fair rides? At the end of the pier, yeah, pretty much. Like, like there's there's right, sort of few and far between, but definitely like a big, yeah. you know, it, it's something I've seen, but also something I know is a big part of like we're going to going to Western Supermare or something like that yeah, here is. in England, you know. Yeah, so I mean, from from the Victorian era over here, you'd have had these piers that would have been hugely popular, and still there's still some exist now. A lot have been left to go to uh, rack and ruin, but uh, that they're very much end of the pier, uh, both humour and end of the pier entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is obviously for us, we'd be, we'd be very familiar with this. Um, it's just brilliant. Um, and of course, we've got the Costa del Blood. And obviously in the UK, a lot of uh, British tourists would go to Spain for the Costa del Sol oh, that's for right. their holidays. So this is what obviously it's a reference to. <laughs> um, everybody letting loose for a couple of weeks in yeah. the summer. I just yeah, love yeah, I, I just love the idea that like there's so much like authoritarianism and stuff in uh in Mega City One that even like having a good time is still harshly regulated by by uh by the judges and things like well, that. I, it's so it funny. Is. So I, get, I want to get to that in a second, but I love this fact that it's like you've got this holiday resort crammed because behind you can see the wall, this huge wall, and they've, they've stuck this holiday resort in, in the sand or the mud or whatever it is between yeah. the wall and, and, and the Black Atlantic. And, and Carlos the Square has painted the water black, you know, which is great, like a big oil slick. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, the fetid waters of the Black Atlantic. You've got the people <laughs> there in, haz- in hazmat suits going, building sandcastles and trying to go for a paddle. It's right. just brilliant. But my best, my favorite part is you've got the Judge Dredd and the Lifeguard Tower. Or not just a dread, it's a uh, – it could be yeah. dread, couldn't it? It's a judge right? but, for sure, yeah. But, yeah, he's like, yeah. But, but he's wearing the helmet, but he's shirtless. Like he's just like – he's, he's totally Baywatching it, like, but still with the gun, with the helmet, I mean, like telling people what to do and stuff. It's excellent. No, there's no skin cancer, is there, in the future? You know, you must be wearing Factor 1000. It's just absolutely brilliant. Right, I mean, yeah. it's, there's, it's just, I mean, zip up your chem suit, citizen. And he's shooting their feet, and it's just. And I love the way as well the chem suits are all multicolored, like you know, like pajamas. Right, you know, right. The, yeah, they're, the, yeah, they're special holiday chem suits, you know, for <laughs> for going out there, you know. Yeah, and scums up, scums up. You know, it's just so good. <laughs> Definitely. You know. Oh dear. Oh, so good. Zip up your chem suits, sis, and you know the yeah. water's lethal. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? So actually, actually saying that, some of the waters around places like Blackpool, and I can imagine they're pretty grim as well. So, uh, oh, sorry, no. listen to Blackpool. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> the cities have massive fair rides. There's theaters, clubs, and citizens could blow off steam for a few weeks. And, and to facilitate that, even the judges have some tolerance, which we see uh, Dread like knocking a drink out of somebody's hand, and being like no drinking on the street. And he's like, "I yeah. thought you were supposed to be—you weren't supposed to. You're, you're, 
you're supposed to give us an, an easy time. It's like, that's why I'm not running you in. You know, like, oh, they'll just, exactly. they'll just beat yeah. you up instead of tossing you into the cubes if you like have a minor infraction. And I noticed in the background, uh, I don't know if this would, it would be, um, I don't know who, who do you think, uh, probably Wagner wrote this, didn't he? What do you think? Or was it, yeah. do you think it was a team? Uh, Wagner and Grant, they're still a team at this point because usually right. these things like are put together in like spring of, of the year they yeah. come out. So like this is, th- this might be one of the later parts of the, uh, of the Wagner Grant, um, yeah. um, relationship, but they're still working together at this point. But you've got these really old fashioned entertainments like what the b- robot butler saw. So right. these like peep shows. I mean, yeah. it's just ridiculous. And, uh, and everybody's doing the conga in these tunnels it's just great you know what i mean absolutely yeah. brilliant i mean it's just yeah, such, like- it's it's such a mega citizen thing you know that just everybody just like you know the the the, the mega city move is always to riot immediately and stuff like that yeah. but but that goes hand in hand with the fact that when it's party time everybody parties as one as well Indeed. you know and sort of everybody just has everyone has the same mood at the same time you know it's a key part of just the mega citizens yeah, and I, I love the um the citizens get up in these as well. They got these sort of like, sort of like I don't know, multicolored rainbow punks, I suppose, aren't they? They sort of get up. It's just, it's yeah. really lurid, luridly ridiculous. Love it. I mean, part of and that, is, can- yeah, part of that is also just a scare taking advantage of 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 the color in these pages. I mean, we'll see that actually. Yeah. We saw that in the. Uh, in the 2000 AD annual this year too, but I feel like sometimes these art these artists get to work in like full color, like the whole story, the whole story's in color. So like that that's happened so rarely that when they get a chance to do it, they'll go all out and just have like, all right, let's get as many colors as we possibly can on one page at once, you know, just yeah. to make things be, wonder, be really riotous, you know. And I wonder how much of uh, how much Carlos would have been aware of the sort of antics of British British holidaymakers in Spain. I mean, you know, well, I mean, he lived in Croydon for a while, right? So I feel like yeah. he's definitely had his share. Or I, I, I imagine he go he go on holiday once or twice. So I'm sure he's working at least partially from uh, from yeah. lived experience I, as he does the stuff. Well, yeah, I'm also talking about the sort of reputation of the English abroad as well. So oh, indeed, yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> drunk in English abroad anyway. So <laughs> excellent. So, uh, Anyway, yeah. so yeah, then it goes. Then it goes very dark very quickly. Doesn't Indeed, it? yeah. A young color, a young couple makes out on the street, makes plans for the next day. Like, oh yeah, we'll go fishing. I thought the fish were dead. Uh, they just got a tank <laughs> on the end of the pier or whatever. Um, but yeah, as they go, brilliant. the lady Farina makes her way home. A glowing bat shape appears in the sky and swoops down on her. A, oh, her holiday romance has oh, gone wrong no. now, hasn't it? Yeah. A cloaked <laughs> figure attacks her as she cries out. Dread, in the middle of arresting another fun lover, goes to investigate and shoots when the figure runs. But that doesn't slow it down. Instead, the being runs down dead end and disappears. Drock! Uh, he doesn't just run down dead end, Conrad. He runs down Pontin dead end. And do you, do you, uh, Pontin no, what's, was... What, it, what, what, what's well, you what's got in, in the UK, Yeah, you had two... two um, holiday camp franchises so in the uk holiday camps were a big thing so you had butlins which is still going i don't know if pontins is still going or not but um but they would be i'm sure western supermare's got one and um, minehead and various places around the coast you'd have these holiday camps where people would go to and have ah. fun and pontins was one of them so there you go pontins nice i, th- I, th- I think we saw a version <laughs> of that in like that one in like fort nero and rogue trooper where like there were all the crazy people of like different um, countries, and the English one was like some holiday camp where everybody had to do things ridiculously. Oh, yes. um, oh horrible! Yeah, yeah. 
So but, and, and and Dracula himself is very fiends of the Eastern Front, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. This is super fiends. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so Dread calls an APB out on the uh, on the mat on, on the shadowy figure and goes to check on the body of Farina, but finds no heartbeat. Dread oh. calls in the murder and, and and sends in the forensic squad. We got a blood freak on the loose. Oh, to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Excellent. Yeah, exciting stuff. We're getting ready. We'll we'll complete this one in this annual, but just a fun start of uh, establishing this ridiculous holiday atmosphere. But then to that fun comes darkness. Oh, it and, does. It does. And speaking of dark and secluded spaces, let's go to Thrill 2, a cube of my own, quotations update, L.A. Lawman, and profile John Wagner. So filler oh, yes. time. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's not all bad filler, but it is sort of, you know, when it's not comics, I'm kind of like, all right, guys, like, here we go. Um, so first is well, a I di- yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Just, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think this is bad filler at all. Some, no, I think it's not bad. You know, it's not bad because it really does. These give you a really good insight into what our, our favorite, our favorite creators. Yeah, definitely. Uh, first, yeah. we have a pretty good um, um, interview with a with with essential dread artist Brian Bolland, who's being interviewed mm. by Dominic Wells. Uh, we learn that Brian's currently working on the Killing Joke with Alan Moore, and we see his studio, yeah. which I thought was interesting. It's like cluttered with his own artwork and different curios and stuff. Brian talks about his art style. He contrasts it with people like Kevin O'Neill and what he's doing with uh, sponges for martial law currently. And uh, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, who I, I think I mostly know from like the New Mutants and things, but also did some Dread, uh, some some covers for for Titan editions of Dread. And he talked about this one cover image that I really tried that I tried to find, but I couldn't, which was this image that apparently. It came with this device that had an LED light in it, and you're supposed to like turn the light on when you scan it in. And that sounds so, like such an interesting, like, like mixed media way of doing a comic book cover that I think would be really cool. Mm. Um, well, not being honest, yeah, I was just mo- I was most interested in just um, Bolin's method uh, and how yeah. slow he says he says he is. It doesn't surprise me because wh- whenever you saw Bolin in the prog. You, 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 even at a young age, you realize there was something really special about his artwork. Definitely. It was so, so meticulous and so, so precise in the way it was drawn. Um, yeah. And it'd it only was, come in like, in, in like spurts, basically. Like you'd maybe get like nothing for a year and then like Judge Dread or Judge Death lives, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. N- nothing for a year, but then like those final parts of like, of like uh, Block Mania, for instance, that sort of end so awesomely with like Dread calling out the entire city and things like that. <laughs> it Just really amazing is. stuff. But I like the uh, the well chosen um, images we got. We got Judge Cal there, and we have got the frocked judges in the background, which are fantastic. Yeah. And Judge and Judge Fish as well, which is always good. <laughs> yeah, and then but we and we've got for your for your information, uh, Conrad. We've got the real Fergie there. This is Fergie, how it should be. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not some nineteens, not some nineties imposter. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> One thing I thought was really funny. He said that. Um, he pointed out he, he's got a bunch of uh, anatomy textbooks in his studio. Because apparently he spent so much time drawing Dread and the citizens of Mega City One who all wear like elbow and knee pads that he forgot how to draw elbows. <laughs> so he had yeah. to like look back on them for reference when he had to draw non-Judge Dread related things. So that everybody else just covers them up. So I'm just waiting. For, I'm just waiting for yeah for knee pads to actually see one day people 
you know, young people wearing knee pads. You think that it's arrived? <laughs> oh yeah, no. Listen, that's going to be one of those. That's like yeah, se- second only to a lightsaber. I think is an indicator that I've moved into a fictional world. I think it's, 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 it's cannot, everybody wearing fancy knee pads and elbow pads yeah, for no reason. But I can, exactly. But you, you can see it. I can actually see that. You know, I can imagine that would happen. Well, yeah. You just think about like uh, like there was a character in the annual, the knee pad kid, who spent his whole yeah. time like uh, designing and upgrading his knee pad, and his whole life just walking around showing it off. Like I could see a YouTuber or someone on Instagram doing something like that with a knee pad <laughs> in the, in the yeah. not too distant future. You know, and I I can re- distinctly remember um, as a child uh, trying to draw to that. Like so many of us just tried to draw mm-hmm. from the comic, and and all my characters would have knee pads and shoulder pads oh yeah it's just, easier just had, you know <laughs> everybody exactly everybody had knee pads and shoulder pads they had to have that it was uh but that, that there you go that, and they all and uh, very, very um mike mcmahon as well so everything was too oh, yes you know so it's brilliant yeah, right. no, yeah those giant boots absolutely <laughs> yeah. so next we get some some uh some uh, quotations from yeah. uh, uh from dread compiled by, by michael butcher this one's picking up from the 1987 dread annual and, and I really, I, 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 oh, good. No, I was just saying I, I picked out a few, but carry on, Conrad. Oh, yeah, I was right. going to say I really liked how a lot of these quotes are from uh, both Letter from a Democrat and the Revolution storyline. You know, a lot of like uh, calling the judges fascists or that they're oppressive. You know, saying like like yeah. this is an overdread. Like the people will be free and stuff, which I thought was really really gr- uh, uh, great sets of dread quotations for sure. They really are, and what what it shows what it shows me is how how brilliantly written everything is, um, mm-hmm. especially by Wagner, you know, uh, and Grant. It's just the, the comedy and the irony of everything. It's just, it's just so good. And uh, as a you know, young person, you're, you're, you're feeding on this. And I do genuinely think the 2000 E shaped so much of my thinking as a kid. It really did, mm. you know, just by reading some of these quotations, yeah. even though they were later on, you know. So I think, for, like, for example, uh, uh, 460 there, where is it? Uh, let let this be a lesson to you, citizen. Democracy is not for the people. I love that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we I mean, it's old hat to us now because we know the context, but it's just brilliant at the time. Almost four eighty. So four eighty was um. Yeah. There's a room. There's only room for one bully in this city, creep. Me. You know? <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> there's a couple more. That's four eighty three. What was that one? It was. Uh, I'm I'm a judge, loudmouth, harassing my job. You want some? But that's <laughs> I, I I thought that's a very English thing. You want some? You know, right. so very good. I don't know. If I, I don't know if I, would Americans say that? You want some? A little bit, but it's more like would like they? you want a piece of me or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. yeah, that 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 does have kind of that like a hello, hello, hello kind of like <laughs> uh, uh, English cop kind of sound, you know? Yeah, and, they, and a couple just two more. There was a our prime duty is to protect the citizens. If anyone shoots them, it's going to be me. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one was uh, I thought it was really good. Oh yeah, uh, I'll say this for you, Rendekill. You might have been a great pit rat, but you'll make an even bigger, better burger. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, that's a typical funny dread line, isn't it? A throwaway line. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Love that one. So, yeah, the quotes were good. I like that. Yeah, it's fine. It's fun to bring it out. Like, my only complaint is actually that, that a couple of these are misnumbered because I think oh, a, like- a lot of the revolution ones, they say they're from like Prague 431 instead of 531 and stuff like that. Ah. Like, it's sort of small error, but that's how it goes, you know? Um, yeah. 
After that, we're onto some, we're onto a big section of fan art. We recently saw actually the winners of this contest in the Prague, um, a, a, an art series that was kicked off by fan art, draw, uh, by, by future Judge Dredd director Danny Cannon about, uh, Judge Dredd movies. Um, some of these are fantastic. Did you know which one of these won? Um, uh, uh, the, the winners were in the Prague. So this, these ones are all, uh, uh, runners up. I forget which oh, one. Oh, so, so, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I see it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's been, t- but that good, that first one is excellent, yeah. isn't it? Huh. A, a, a lot of these are really great. And I also just really love, um, when they put like credits in the, uh, in the posters, you know? Oh yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. These are my, like, you know, I just like, like knowing a vague amount about movies. These always really crack me up, you know, this idea of yeah. like, uh, like Steven Spielberg directing a, a De Laurentiis group film, you know, like things are like, Mel Gibson. Yeah, I don't know if these would team up. Yeah, just dread being portrayed by. I believe there's uh, there's Mel Gibson, Dolph Lundgren, Burt Reynolds, Harrison Ford, and Clancy Brown. So I'm just thinking about like, oh man, like oh the Kurgan would be a good dread. I think like I feel like he could pull it off. Like I don't know. Do you know what? Yeah, she could, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah she could. Yeah, so I'll see that now. Yeah, I feel like he could be an elder judge nowadays. You know, like I feel like this is this is yeah. coming together. You know, I think I think Burt Reynolds would be the worst dread. Like I don't know, it's because <laughs> yeah. I, I think like he's, he's um he's too lighthearted. You know, he can't do that that yeah. uh, <laughs> like uh <laughs> like Burt Reynolds laugh as Judge Dredd. Like, no, that's no good. You know, he's got to be the yeah. bandit. He can't be smoky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Reynolds could ever have been Dredd. No, not even in not even yeah not even in Deliverance days. So. Yeah, it just doesn't play to his character. It, it doesn't play to his strengths. I think to have your real uh, serious Burt uh, Reynolds. Yeah. So I mean, I'm probably like everybody of our time. Dredd was always Clint Eastwood. So that's yeah. what he was originally. Sure, for, for, for us anyway. Yeah. yeah, no, I know yeah. that's um, that's always been the steady so, one for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you couldn't really imagine anybody else. It's, it's Dirty Harry, isn't it? It's Dirty Harry with a helmet. Yeah, on, so. absolutely. Yeah, it's just Dirty yeah. Harry with a with a gun with, with with way more bullets. That's the big difference. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm, I'm actually looking at the last one, which is really good posting. It, you, you'll say it's, it's got Clancy Brown there, but Rick Hoor as well, um, who sadly died recently. But yeah. um. I wonder which who would play. You know, what do you play? You know, so what they what, what this person was imagining, or they just sort of fantasizing yeah. they'd be in the film. So. I feel like it'd have to be like a villain, of course, because Rucker Howard. That's like man, yeah. he's a he, he, he's a top eighties villain for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, James Cameron as well has directed that one. Very good. <laughs> like, it's just like I love, especially like I didn't do it for this one. I've I've done these where I look even at some of the deeper credits. Like they always have like you know, like uh like. I just love the attention to details on some of these, like, you know, like special effects by industrial light and magic. Sometimes they'll name like producers, like, like they'll just kind of take the credits from stuff like Alien or Terminator or stuff, even for like the, yeah. like the producers or like the, the sound guys or something like that. And there'll be names that you can actually, like, if you put them in, they'll be in like IMDb for like these sort of genre movies from this era and stuff. It's a great, great attention to detail by all these kids, you know? It really is good, yeah. But also, um, the, probably the best part is that in the one on the second page there, which is this particular movie, directed by Dickie Attenborough, but with uh, who is actually starring? It's uh, I can't quite remake it out. Charlie Bronson. Oh, so oh Charles nice. Bronson. Clint, Clint Eastwood's in it. Dustin Hoffman. Basically, they've listed all the film stars, but with Arnie Schwarzenegger as Dredd's chin. That's right. That's right. And Sylvester, <laughs> and Sylvester <laughs> Stallone as Dredd's knee pads. <laughs> Uh, so i mean that's funny that's very good Absolutely. believe it creeps believe it so very good definitely <laughs> they're all good they're all good yeah it's Do you know what? If, they, if they if they're the runners up though the the, the uh so i can't without looking at the um, original progs 
the, the, the winners must have been fantastic because they're really good. Yeah, I mean, really I good. think like there, there, there's a pretty high standard in here. Actually, I feel like like everybody sort of sort of got inspired by this one. And film posters are fun to make generally because it's a big dread glamour shot, and then doing all this like thinking about casting and things like that. I mean, yeah. that's something that always motivates people on the internet. I believe is just saying like who should star in this thing and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So finally, yeah. there's a profile of a Grandmaster Dread author, John Wagner. He lists his top 10 favorite films, comics, TV shows, cars, and books. Um, we recently read the or went over the uh, Full Metal Jacket story in the Prague. So it's cool to see like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in both uh, books and movies here, just sort of showing that like, you know, he's putting his money where his mouth is in terms of things that he likes. And I do appreciate Wagner's restraint in listing only three of his own works in the favorite comics section. <laughs> yeah, and also placing 2008 at number seven. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think he has a – and he's got, got like Outcast in there, which he wrote with Alan Grant and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. Yeah. Always the right time for, uh, for self-promotion. You know, I think and it's – I noticed know, so how he likes um, his favorite TV shows. He's got American football at the top there. So, um, you know, obviously alluding to his, uh, cause he, when, when did he, when did he live in America? He was, was he, I, as a child. Yeah, he? I believe so. Yeah. Like, like, um, yeah, sort of before he was a, t he was a teenager, I think, but as sort of when he was growing up, I believe. Right. And it doesn't surprise me that he's got, um, Hill Street Blues, which is hugely popular in the eighties, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I think, I don't know if you're aware the horizon and panorama world in action. These were very sort of hard hitting documentary shows, new shows. Um, ah. uh, I suppose like America's 60 minutes, something like that, that'd be equivalent to. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so investigative, investigative journalism, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Top news, top gear. Yeah. So it's still I'm, going. I'm shocked that a coronation street isn't in there just because it had like oh. there's so many references to it in the pages of the frogs. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I've just, the, it, it, it constantly bedevil, bedevils me because it's always, um, Whenever I find a name and I don't know who it is, it's always like, "Oh yeah, that's a character on uh, on Corey." It's like, "Come on, guys, I don't know this." Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, you're not the only one because I, I would be hard pressed to name only a few of the little lead ones from the '70s because absolutely no interest in that. Yeah. So, so I remember as a kid, whenever you heard that music for Coronation Street, it was so depressing, so depressing. <laughs> so it's immediately switch off or turn over or you know whatever. Horrible, horrible. Sure, no, I know. I, I know the feeling from uh, from American TV shows as well. You know. Yeah. So sorry if anybody likes Coronation Street, but it's just oh dear, oh dear. So, um, yeah. yeah. There you go. So I love his novels as well. So one for the cooking, as you said, Lord of the Rings is in there, and I Claudius, Grapes of Wrath, yeah, Wind of the Willows, great, good stuff, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, classics from years gone past, let's go. Oh yeah. Two, thrill three, Father Earth, Part One. And what we were saying about the artwork, it's just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, uh, script robot John Wagner, art robot Brian Ballin and Ron, and Ron Smith, letting robot Tom Frame, coloring robot John Burns. Yeah. So class, classic dread action here, but fully colorized for the uh, thinking reader. Um, uh, all, th this one's all the way from Prague's uh, 122 to 125 and episode 37 of our podcast. Oh, my gosh. Uh, over 150 episodes ago. Oh, Jesus. Um, I love no, it's just been, it's, it's so good. I can remember reading this, uh, Comrade, and I'm being quite disturbed by this Father Earth one. Really was. Oh, yeah. Was, I mean, 
This is um I I I really remember the second half of this one because I think this is when I coined my uh something I I really stand by which is no one can destroy Mega City 1 like Ron Smith. You know, that's yeah. really like his <laughs> his talent as an author just with the terrible things yeah. that happened as a result of this. Um yeah. so as we're at a small trading post in the cursed earth when it's attacked by the doomsday dogs. Oh no. Oh and dear. I believe these Doomsday Dogs are, in fact, the punks of the uh, punks rule story that Dread banished from Mega City One at, um, in the aftermath of Judge Cow when they kind of got back from um, these two, you know, from the two giant stories of the Cursed Earth and then Judge Cow to sort of regular Dread action. They just had one story that was him, like, uh, like, like, all right, I'm back on the street. Like, crime has been has been growing like a mushroom while I was away, so it's time to shine some light on it. And they just went oh, through yeah. the section that punks had taken over, tossed them all into a big garbage truck, and then kicked him out the side of the city wall. Yeah. I love their um, dog heads, though. They're, 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 they're hoods. Yeah, they're, they're they've got they? all different dogs. <laughs> oh, got like they're, a, they're different got a span- And they're, and they're so, the, the dogs are so inoffensive as well. Yeah. You've got like a spaniel and a sort of like, <laughs> like you a, know, a Labrador. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the guy down there, the guy down to, to the right with this sort of like, I don't know what sort of dog that is. You know the oh, one yeah. with the shaggy hair, and the yeah, big bold like, eyes. It's, it's like a Shih Tzu or something like that. <laughs> something it's just, like, like that. A little lap dog. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, meanwhile, the, the, uh, the guy on the left has a bulldog help. As a bulldog mask, you know he's like the tough one. But <laughs> oh yeah, and the studded collar as well. I got have the studded collar. Yeah. So there's a huge army out front, and it's led by the evil Father Earth. This guy completely covered in plants. They're like growing out of his skin and stuff. Ooh, it's kind of gross. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's that. It's that religious zealotry, isn't it? That sort of mindless. Zealotry. I just, obviously, as I said, I was quite disturbed by it in the past. Yeah. You know, everybody's flocking to him. Yeah, it grows like a weed in the, in the cursed earth for sure. Um, yeah. So he sentences them to death by plants and then swears <laughs> to destroy Mega City One and retribution will arrive on that cursed city. Oh, yeah. Very the, much so. The judges are watching this on like remote cameras and Dredd wants to get them, wants to hand, wants, wants them handled, but Judge Pepper says no. Because they need as many judges as possible to, to provide security for the upcoming Mega City One mayoral election, which and he says stuff and nonsense. I said <laughs> stuff and not. I mean, what what sort of language is that? It's brilliant. It feels yeah. very like a like horror movie. Like I don't know, if, like 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 in horror movies, there's always like some dude on the city council that completely like uh, dismisses the obvious threat that's coming. You know, oh, you got like yeah, you got to like, have. Close the beaches, but it's going to be the biggest day, the uh, big, biggest weekend of the summer coming up. You know, Things absolutely, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love. Do you know what I miss as well? We don't have a much anymore in the comic because it is it's dreads in a thoughts, do we? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So we have, yeah. A, a, a thought bubble is kind of rare for dread. You kind of just, you know, he, you know, what he's going to do for sure. Yeah, yeah. We've got a load. We've got quite a lot here. He's really contemplating all the problems that are, yeah that he suspects are happening as so, he uh, wanders the city, like taking out pickpockets <laughs> and things like that. For sure, yeah, he's tr- he's certainly troubled, isn't he? He's a troubled man. You know, he's got a lot going on. Um, and so I guess like these elections are pretty much for uh, for figurehead judges. Like, um, you know, we saw the guy who's currently mayor during the Judge Cal story. And again, the guy who they elect here, Mayor Grubb, will eventually become the mushroom man in the aftermath of the uh, of the apocalypse war and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, love the, the, I love the way the robots are sort of like, uh, you know, sat there 
um, monitoring. What is that? That's the larva. What is that? Uh, what are they monitoring again? They're looking at like one of the uh, one uh, or they're at like the big power, power tower, tower yeah. right? Yeah. And they're sort of just watching the TV and just sort of like making yeah. jokes about these different mayoral candidates and stuff like that. And um, the other guy said, it's all lies. And he says, but it's the way he tells them. And there was a comedian. And there was a comedian in England, Northern Irish comedian. I forget his name now. Carson. Mm-hmm. Carson. He, he died uh, a while back. But anyway, his catchphrase, well, I tell him. It's the way I tell him. I saw, <laughs> that was his catchphrase. I'm sure it's a reference to that. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah. So he, he would tell a joke and that would be his catchphrase. So. Yeah. Everybody's talking about, yeah, even you said the robots in the MC1 power tower, at least until big serial overseer comes over and tells them to knock them off. Uh, the towers at this t- at the top of this big bore drill that goes that goes to g- gets a geothermal energy from the Earth's core. It'd be a disaster if something could if something would happen to it. There's no way that would ever occur, and unless uh, the guys in robes getting the tour turn out to be devil dogs. Oh, they are! Oh no! <laughs> oh dear! And of course, we've got some robot death there as well, which is always acceptable. Somebody a robot's being decapitated, which yeah. is uh, okay. Low calorie, is a robot. you know. Yeah, like, yeah. No one, no one cares. It's fine. Um, yeah. So they plant explosives on the drill and prepare for a giant volcano to open up on Mega City One. Oh no! And do you know what? Look at that head at the bottom of page twenty-four. There, um, the dread head at the bottom. Mm-hmm. We see that loads of times, haven't we? Oh, I mean, you know, like Ron Smith, like sort of. I mean, famously is the guy that sort of set a clock and drew as much as he could for each page, right? Or I don't know. I guess right. like. I don't know if Bolland is the same. I think we're in still in Bolland at this point. But um, you know, I mean, Bolland, listen, he sort of knows how to do a something, so he'll he'll reuse a uh, an image if he can. Like he's a busy man. You know, it's good time. Yeah. No, it's not, I love Especially it. I love for, it. Yeah. for iconic stuff like a like a straight on shot of Judge Dredd or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. it gives you a sense of familiarity though as a kid, I think. You see oh, this definitely. and uh, yeah. it really establishes him, yeah. Consistency. Yeah. yeah. And of course dressed straight in. And uh, they've got no chance when he turns up. No way, yeah. Um, the doomsday <laughs> dog attacking the lava pipes. Dread just leads a patrol. They go up the side of the uh, of the power tower to do it. It's pretty awesome. They, uh, they immediately take them out before they can set up their explosives and all is well. But Dread's worried they've got some other trick up their sleeves, especially because when they go looking outside the city, Father Earth seems very smug. Um, he does. And I love the way he's got the two girls, the two sort of like – you know, young girls are there just trimming him with their garden shears. Very yeah. good. Yeah, watering him, <laughs> pruning him yeah. as necessary, things like that. Um, oh, dear. Dread tries to run them off, but it's no good. And inside the city, the electioneers, everyone in Mega City 1 will vote by home video panel, which we'll see later in the years as well. And they'll do it all at the same time. And Dread realizes that this will cause a massive power demand. And it'll activate the auxiliary lava feed pipes. Oh dear! The ro- um, <laughs> as it's happening, the robots uh, go to check these pipes, and they definitely do find bombs in there. Um, they try to move them as Dread tries to stop the boat, the vote, but it's too late for both. The bomb goes up, and the power tower explodes in a massive urban volcano. Oh, magma's up! Oh, it's yeah, so we- awesome. Uh, just a couple of really good bits there. I love this. I mean, it's so well done. We go back a bit there. Yeah. When he goes out, when he goes out to speak to Father Earth, mm-hmm. and I love the way he sort of draws up on his lawmaster, and he sort of splashes the mud in his face. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, and then you see him surrounded. He's, he just doesn't care. He's surrounded by these hordes of Father Earth. 
you know, minions, yeah. isn't he? Dread himself yeah. very, very confident about his ability to handle this entire crowd. <laughs> you know, he's fine. Exactly. He's got a bike, you know. He's, he's, exactly. he's not, there's no real problem, you know. Not at all. Not at all. He's not, and I love this one. There's another reference here. See the, you see the guy in the election, uh, the City Hall squad room, mm. yeah. right? Um, the, the guy there with the glasses. I'm sure that's um, there was a political sort of commentator or host who used to do the lectures called Robin Day. I'm ah. sure that's him. Yeah, he was a very, very a young version of a guy called Robin Day. I'm sure that would be sure. him as well. So very much a, a British reference there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. The, the, you know, the, these TV guys do show up from time to time. I remember like in Judge Cal where Walter would like when I did the talk show circuit and stuff for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But he would do all the general elections and stuff, you know. Ah. So, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So big um, cliffhanger for Judge Dredd at this point. And in, in, in the comics, the, uh, the the tagline was like, like, enter the Holocaust squad. And I'm, I'm, I'm bummed oh, to mention that yeah. again because I love that course, term. And also we've got on this one, we've got, um, we've got, is it, is it the first mention of Barney here? I know it's obviously a, a reprint, but is this, is this Barney's here, isn't it? I'm sure. Um, I feel yeah, like. It's the yeah, they definitely talk about Barney. I feel like we we might have seen it seen him previous. I forget if the one of the time when when Barney granted everybody's wishes in that one block if right. that happened before or not. I forget off the top of my head. I must say. Yeah, that's no, fantastic. I love this bit as well. Um, just to finish off this bit, I said in the ta- power tower, a valve swung open, and you got the robot said goodbye, goodbye thirteen, goodbye us. It's just like <laughs> just brilliant. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just so unsympathetic. You know they're gone. And is this the bit where they? No, that's later on where the woman falls through the crack. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, we'll see that later. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, and then they're vaporized. Definitely. Just, and the and the artwork when the tower goes up, it's just goes so good, yeah. isn't it? Just this massive explosion jumping out of the top of this tower in the middle of the city. All the citizens yep. being like, "Oh, but you know, God preserve us! It's a volcano!" <laughs> yeah, dead meat. They're gone. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, more citizens to dispose of. You know, it's it, it's 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 got to happen periodically, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. Very well. So uh, next up, Thrill Five: Serial Thrillers and Pyro Part One. Yeah, have we missed out the Judge Dread mega search, Conrad? No. Oh, oh that- geez, I forgot to talk about that. Sorry, excuse me. Thrill four, Judge Dread mega search. Um, <laughs> it's just a very short thing, isn't it? I mean, easy, I, I didn't. Miss, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, do you know what? I didn't get all of these. I missed, I missed about four, I think. So, but they're pretty wow. easy stuff. Yeah, uh, it's just this one's a, a, a two pager compi- compiled by Mike Butcher. Um, base, who else did the quote section? It's, it's, it's a dread. It's a bunch of dread quiz questions. That then provide answers to be found in a surprisingly tiny word search on the uh, on the on the opposite page. Most of the page taken up by a giant Cliff Robinson uh, dread threatening you with a uh, with a day stick. Like yeah, you know. and a, vib- a vibrating day day stick as well. You know, it's it's the motion. He's like ta- he's like <laughs> tapping it on the on the screen yeah, to yeah. sort of know that you're in there. You know, or or or, or he's clenching it so tight. You know what I mean? He oh, just yeah, wants to def- smack you with it. Definitely true as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was going to be my um, that was going to be my question. Who? It's Cliff Robertson, is it? That's definitely yeah. Cliff oh Robertson, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I could, yeah, I could yeah, tell yeah. by uh, by Dred's jawline that it's definitely definitely Cliff yeah. for sure. There's not enough chin, is there? No, I mean he kind of had like <laughs> he kind of draws Dred Dred's face is kind of having this like yeah like two stage appearance thing. It's 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 distinctive if you know what you're looking yeah. for. I think. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. So let's go. Okay. Let's move on then to Thrill Five Serial Thrillers and Pyro Part One. Um, so, uh, script robot, uh, Al McKenzie, John Wagner, Al Grant, L- Art Robots, Ron Smith, Lang Robot, Tom Frame. So, f- 
first we have serial thrillers, and I'm mixing this in because it's basically from uh, Alan McKenzie. I don't know if he wrote if this is in his book, but he wrote basically a two page discussion of um, cop comics and newspaper comic strips. Right. Um, he talks a lot about Dick Tracy, which does ha- have a super violent history. Um, I sort of through this comic blog, this comics blog I read, um, have followed the adventures of Dick Tracy a little bit in the 21st century. And even that newspaper comic has featured like bad guys being eaten alive by rats and other things like that. Like it does get oh. fa- fairly violent. Um, nice. <laughs> and didn't we have, um, didn't we have, well, I don't know when it was. What year was the Dick Tracy movie with Warren Beatty and Madonna? Yeah, that must have been, I want to say, it was one- like a 91 or 92, I want right. to say. Right. Like okay, okay, yeah. So it wasn't far after. So obviously he was in the, he was in the sort of our con- public consciousness, wasn't he, at this point? Yeah, Still, I, yeah. I feel like it, along with Judge Dredd, were all sort of like, yeah, Dick Tracy 1990. They were all sort of like knock-ons from the uh from the first i think from that first tim burton uh batman movie where we sort yeah. of had these initial first stabs at making comic book movies that sort of you know yeah. hit and miss very much in this era but sort of laid the groundwork for what for the hellscape we currently live in uh, <laughs> or i don't know yeah, i mean this not too this, bad um, but yeah no but this serial thriller is i mean it's sort of vaguely interesting but it is that's pure filler pure yeah, filler it's very much like, they've right, even they've even enlarged the yeah, they've even enlarged the print just to make sure it goes across two places, haven't they? So, <laughs> yeah, a, bit, a little bit of a, of a oh man, like this essays do tomorrow, and I only have uh, yeah. and I and I have one and a half pages, and I need two. So let's kind of yep. uh, what, what if I put all my text in bold? Like, ooh, all right, yeah. no one, no one's seen that before. Like, I'll be fine. Uh, in bold, and this must put up to sixteen font as well. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But so let's get to these daily dreads. Uh, this one is the second story of the daily, daily star dread strips. Uh, yeah. we, we saw the first one of these stories in the 2000 AD annual two episodes ago. The third story was in the dread mega special earlier this year. And we're currently reading the fourth story in the Prague. So they're really just sort of jamming these, jamming these out now that they've sort of got, gotten access to them, it seems like. And yeah. this one ran from April to July, 1986. I mean, it's just, Straight away, Ron Smith was just so good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing thinking of just like any – each one of these strips like would have been just on its own in the newspaper. So, it's kind of interesting to see like how you sort of get along with sort of – you know, it's interesting to imagine just sort of just seeing any one of these strips and like mm. the, the action it's got. No, I never actually got the um, – well, my, well no, nobody I knew actually got the Daily Star. Mm-hmm. So, they got the Mirror – or the sun, but uh, but I did see it. You'd see it, you know, like in waiting rooms and things like that. But uh, it was just so good, so good. Yeah, definitely. It's been yeah. interesting seeing. You know, we've seen the Saturday ones for so long. It's really interesting seeing these uh, these daily ones get rolled out, just because even more than the set, like than the Saturday ones, which are still pretty large, and you know, but can, you you have some space to kind of tell a story and do some stuff. In the daily mm. ones, you've really just kind of gotta get get to it like from one thing to the next i remember picking up the um the collected the uh the collected editions who was the titan i can't i've got them here somewhere but uh i've just been blown away by the storytelling and yeah. it. it's just so well done i know titan did one and there's a new re- and there's a newer uh re- rebellion version that has them sort of collected yeah. into two books and they're both really fun but so let's yeah. so we get started it's it's 2100 hours the start of the graveyard shift in mega city one 
And this one has oh, yeah. a lot of elements of that uh, classic graveyard ship story as well. This sort of the constant deluge of crime and dread just being part of like 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 one 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 part of that storm as it goes. There's disturbing. Yeah, got- yeah go ahead. No, no, you carry on. And I'll, I'll just I'll just drop in there. Sure, yeah, please. Um, so there's disturbances and traffic accidents all around the city. Tap gangs, sewage plants blowing up, and a sky surfer headed down the Bill Werbenick, uh block. Who's a um, pro? Who's a pro snooker player and pool player? And a dread is responding. Yeah, so we had uh, a couple of references there. So Bill Werbenick was a because in the eighties, especially snooker over here was huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely huge, and uh, Bill Werbenick was one of the first sort of like uh, he was Canadian, I'm sure, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and um, he would obviously he played in lots of the um, the big t- snooker tournaments, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we've also got item sewage recycling plant blowback. I mean, that's disgusting in itself, isn't it? Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, Bernard Manning block. I mean, that's. The link there is just fantastic. Is Bernard? Did you, have you, did you look up? No, I, didn't, I, I didn't look up that one. Sorry, who's, who's he that? was? This oh, um, he was an infamous or sort of notorious stand-up comic who owned his own um, owned his own nightclub. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think it's somewhere. Like, I mean, I'm going to be correct on this. Somewhere like Leeds or somewhere up north like that. Anyway, but he was notorious for being um, sort of sexist and racist in particular. Uh-huh. Um, that, uh, uh, if only so, um, in public. So, so it's funny that that is, that is place is now full of uh, full of recycling plant blowback. That's <laughs> yeah, excellent. So, so, yeah, so he was a big fat guy. But look, I mean, you know, obviously everyone to the, everyone, everyone to the own. But he, he, he was, you know, despite the racism, he was, um, you know, he was, I dare I say, fairly talented. But mm-hmm. uh, but it, it was very much of the north, I think. Uh, I um, see. Yeah, so there you go. That's that's Bernard Manning, anyway. <laughs> so yeah. uh, there's a sky surfer. He's escaping capture as Dread responds, tries to hide among the pedestrians. So Dread fires a ricochet round, taking out the surfer and leaving him for the med squad. Forty five minutes later, there's more of the usual chaos, including a fire at Typhoid Al's eatery, which Dread is again oh. responding to. Isn't that great, Typhoid Owls? It's, it's just such, it's just brilliant. Very <laughs> Mega City One name for sure. It is, isn't it? I mean, I, I want to eat there. Possible. I don't know about you, Conrad. I'll, I do want to eat there. I just want to go there. It's fantastic. Typhoid like Owls. One of these greasy spoons where the spoon might be a little bit too greasy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yes. it needs to be a challenge. Yeah, you could actually dare somebody to eat from that place. Definitely, brilliant. yeah. The place is burning down. There's there's still people look uh, stuck inside as some punks. One of them with some gnarly uh, facial scarring look on. Dread arrives, pulls down the respirator on his helmet, and starts smacking his way through the crowd. Finally, smashing through the door of the place. He sees everybody everybody free, and when one guy is too afraid, Dread throws him through the window to safety. It's just everything you want about dread is there, isn't it? Everything yeah. you think about dread is just, there. I mean, crashing through the window, dealing with the perps, you know, respirator down. It's yeah. just great. No, it's always great yeah. when he engages his gear and stuff like that. It's awesome. And we've got a couple of other references there as well, by the way, uh, uh, comrade. You've got uh, Delia Smith as well. Is it Delia Smith? Uh, yeah. Item. Uh, we have Code 299, Delia Smith block. Did, she was the. Uh, no. Do you know Delia Smith? No, I don't know that one either. Oh, geez, like all these, She's a, all these secondary yeah, ones she, I didn't look up. <laughs> <laughs> she would be like she actually still still has a quite a huge uh, sort of household name. She was like a um, uh, a cook or a chef, I suppose, or a cook. But she ah. had, had a, a whole series of books over the from the sort of seventies onwards, and she now is the, one of the 
she, she owns she's chairperson of Norwich Football Club. So, um, but she's uh, yeah, but she was hugely popular. Uh, it's a very very down to earth sort of cooking, um, unfussy cooking. And now, and there's then, a citizen um, of muck with a power whisk in her block. Oh no. <laughs> it's brilliant and, but do you know what I didn't know about I thought you might be able to know this Silvino what's that one then Silvino did you look, did you look is that an American reference Sil- dang Silvino Pedway oh um no I don't know like a lot of times especially when it's just a name like the name doesn't jump out at me for yeah for where they're no. they're going there but uh, like it, you know I didn't I didn't know that one yeah so. I think that one just might be a random name or maybe you know as always it could just be some random Corey Coronation Street character or something like that it's always <laughs> it's it's always possible you know yeah okay <laughs> sorry I don't, I don't think Silvino I don't think Silvino it's a name from Manchester but there you go oh, I don't know you know maybe it's a mysterious stranger that rolls into town one day or something like that oh, um, very good yes definitely yeah <laughs> um yeah. So a few minutes later, the last survivor leaves the restaurant. It's toy, it's Typhoid Al himself. He's burning to death. So Dredd puts him out of his misery. As the fire teams arrive, Dredd disperses the crowd, including that scarred kid. The survivors say the whole place blew up out of nowhere, seemingly no gas leak or anything like that. Dredd leaves it to the fire dudes and at two. 22.30, crime is getting to high levels, including a block war at the Gorbachev estate, which is pretty good. Uh, meanwhile, at the Stratford Johns block, who is the star of long-running BBC show, uh, BBC, BBC cop show, uh, I think it's Zed Cars, I believe. It's it, it was Zed Cars, yeah. To, to Ameri- uh, like, as an American, it's hard for me to not call it Z Cars, but I, I figured it was Zed that, Cars. It was Zed Cars. There's <laughs> <laughs> a couple of things. If you look at, uh, do you know what? That punk's hair. In the top left, mm-hmm. look at his hair. Oh yeah, it's like a blade. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like it, it's like Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy, the comic book version, where it's this this, this, this giant improbable mohawk coming off of it, it, off of he's, the head. He's, he's rocking that, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. But uh, I love the way that uh, there's a block war for the Gorbachev block. You know, there's a sort of slight reference to this sort of like the Sov infiltration of Mega City One causing the block war. Ooh, with yeah. Lot. Do you know what I mean? So that was good. But yeah, Stratford John, yeah, very big, he was more of a famous actor in the 60s, I think early 70s with Zed Cars, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, there you go, that's it. Fantastic. I feel like it's, a, it's a good setting for cop action, for sure. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but they, if I remember, I think, am I right in saying Zed Cars? It's a bit before my time, really, but uh, most of the action was sat, took place, so they just sat in their car, listen, you know what I mean, taking calls, they were talking. I, you know, I, really- I would believe anything about Zed Cars. I don't, I don't, like, I, I, like, I literally spent five minutes trying to find someone talking, like, like finding, trying to find the opening credits, but one where someone said the name of the show to determine what it was actually, uh, how its name was yeah. actually pronounced. I, I haven't watched a lot of it. And, I, and it has a, um, it has a, uh, yeah, there's a, it's a, oh, I've got a connection for you. Right mm-hmm. now, I'm sure that the theme tune goes something like da, 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 da. I think that's a Cars, right? That, but, that is played at the beginning of every match at Goodison Park, which is the um, uh, the home ground, football, soccer ground of Everton in Liverpool, yeah? But who is a big fan of Everton? Oh, I don't Can know. Guess? I'm, I'm, please, uh, is, it, uh, is, is it John Wagner? It, or I don't know. No, no, but it, I'll tell you what it is, right? It's one of these Americans who have like a token uh, British a football team. Ah. Sylvester, Stall- Sylvester Stallone is a big oh, fan no. of Everton. <laughs> oh, it's all connected. It's all connected. Oh, jeez. <laughs> right. Um, I apologize by the, to anybody listening if, if uh, that's not the theme tune to Zed Cars, but it is played at, um, I've forgotten, it's, got, it's, it's called Blue, 
I can't remember the name. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So at the Stratford John block, a young man arrives home to his worried parents and tells Typhoid Al and, and says Typhoid Al will never bother them again, which they're very confused by. And it's that scarred punk still. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Dread is leading the uh, – the- is leading the charge against the block war at the Gorbachev estate. They're, they're dropping riot foam, taking out snipers, and the war is soon over. Take them all to the cubes. Oh, I love it. I did love the um, the, uh, the 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 noises, spadang or spang, whatever yeah. it is. Now, I mean, good, <laughs> yeah, good, uh, good, good comic book uh, shooting noises. That's the key. You know, can't just be bang. Yeah. You gotta have like a like a spading or a patcow, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So, dread. I, 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 oh, sorry, Conrad. No, always, I always love to see, whenever they use riot foam, it was always funny to see the people's heads sticking out of the riot foam afterwards. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I remember there was, a, know, there, just, was a, there was one of these <laughs> weekly ones where the, riot foam made, where the riot foam made everybody lose their hair and they had to bring in the uh, elite Justice Department wig unit to get everybody's I hair know. back on and stuff. <laughs> that, was, that was a classic. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Love it. And as I think you and Fox said, I mean, you've got all these judge squads. I mean, if you're, if you've gone through law school, if you've been recruited from the age of five and you've gone through law school and everything else, you know, and the, yeah. and the uh, Academy of Law and you end up being in the, the what is it? The Wig Squad. I mean, yeah. Like, I, I think I mentioned that I feel like Wig Squad isn't your primary job. It's more, you know, you're sort of like on okay. the call list and you gotta, you gotta drop what you're doing when wig jobs are required as opposed to just sitting in a, sitting in a room at the, in the basement of the Hall of Justice waiting for wig stuff to happen, you know? Um, <laughs> but so Dread Hands, Dread Hands command off to Judge Jones so he can handle the paperwork because Dread doesn't like doing that stuff. And back at Stratford John's, we see the kid uh, burning stuff again. His parents are worried. They decide, they decide to call the judges. But before they can, this kid, Gord Umber, confronts his dad and sets fire to the phone with his eyes. Oh, I love it. You can't uh, – there's no comics complete without laser eyes, is there? Let's face so, it. Yeah, it's so key. Like, listen, <laughs> very important. Um, <laughs> he says he can't trust his parents to turn him in, so he burns them to death. Dread calls in that uh, the, the, the eatery firing must have been the work of a pyrokinetic and control has 171 known pyros on file. Dread goes yeah. to check the closest, Roop Steinley of the Arthur Brown block, who's this flamboyant singer-songwriter. And we've got this rather suspicious look. We've got actually, do, have you noticed, by the way, the two, uh, two of the other judges, they've got facial hair. One's got this goatee and one's got a mustache. It's not, it's not good. You know, I mean, well, listen, <laughs> you Dread, know, Dread might be happy. yeah, judges with facial hair, that's Dread's thing. That's not like a Justice Department thing, you know? Oh, oh, oh and he's called Garibaldi, one of them as well. Garibaldi. Yeah. yeah but I do Italian think it, revolutionary. I do think it helps. Um, it helps tell him apart at the very least. You know, it does. Sort of, yeah. No, we're dealing with different judges here. Um, yeah. So. He finds Rube Stinley and he's working as a volunteer firefighter. He says, hey, it can't be me. They check a few others. But finally, as you said, Judge Garibaldi finds Gord's parents dead, charred corpses. Um, and it seems Gord – and we learn that uh, Gord was partially lobotomized to try to cure his abilities. But it didn't well, take. No. And also, I've just picked up another one here, uh, Conrad. Ooh. This is an amazing one. I'd, I'd missed this one going through. 22, 22.52 hours, Arthur Brown block. Now, do you know who Arthur Brown was? I don't know if I remember that one either. Oh, you're, no, you're catching so me here. Late, <laughs> <laughs> no, so I've only just picked up myself. It's the late 60s, uh, The Crazy World of Arthur Brown. He was a fire. 
I want you to burn. No, I know the song, but I, I, I did, I did look up, and yeah, he's this singer-songwriter who had like, yeah, like the the Arthur Brown experiment or something like that. That's right. Yeah, so he was this crazy guy, and he would um, he'd wear this uh, like a, a hat or cap with like these horns coming out, and he filled the top with like I don't know lighter fuel or something, and set oh, wow. it alight, and do his dance. You know, it's great. Oh, that's super appropriate for uh, for a pyrokinetic to be living in his block, then for sure. Exactly, yeah, uh, yeah, the Arthur Brown block. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Dredd sees the picture of Gord and remembers him from the uh, from the eatery fire and puts out an APB. A lot of APBs in this annual, actually. And uh, yeah. the message goes out everywhere as Gord walking the street spots a nearby hover bus and blows it up with his mind. <laughs> It crashes with a huge Fadoom as Gord looks on, smiling. <laughs> he loves the flames. Oh, he's evil. Yeah. He's evil. Dredd just kind of casually takes on a lurker on roller skates and responds to the site to the uh, to the explosion. And at 2344, emergency squads are dealing with the fire, and some passerby spots Gord. The pyro runs, but the judges are after him. To be continued. Oh, ten stuff. Did we ever find out why? Um, can't remember. We'll ask that question at the end anyway. No, it's fine. I wonder why. What sparked him off? Excuse the pun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why actually? Made- I think he's just a jerk. Like honestly, he <laughs> said like like typhoid Al will never bother bother us again. And his parents were like typhoid Al, but like you know we don't have a problem with him. We just eat burgers there every once in a while. Yeah. So it could yeah, have been so imagined slight or something like that. I guess. Um, yeah. Excellent stuff. Definitely. Um, and uh, speaking of stories being continued, <laughs> let's continue on to Costa del Blood Part 2. Something wicked this way grows. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, same creative team as before. A man in a rowboat has been going for 20 days with only a coffin for company. But at last, yep. he sees the lights of the city. He talks about soon his master will be ensconced in the urban area, free of ignorant peasants and witch hunters, with a whole city at his mercy. The oh. this man, this hunchback, walks in to the uh, walks in to the boardwalk, a coffin over his shoulder, past limbo games and places for fun, and at the same time, at um, or sorry, and then later, I guess. At the at the 24-hour sector house, the parents of Farina are pretty bummed, and uh, the department promises to catch her, her parents. You know, the lady we saw her blood drained yeah. um, in the in in part one of this story. It's excellent. That, that sector house is something to behold, isn't it? I love it. It's got all this neon. <laughs> you know, it's open 24 hours for yeah. uh, you know, become here for justice. All this stuff, you know. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Arrests in big letters. Like, you know, it's a one-stop shop. Um, <laughs> the med judge has found the puncture marks on Farina's neck, and they just go straight uh, Dracula about this. I appreciate the judges being genre savvy about this kind of stuff. You know, they're like – Absolutely. They're not like – Of course. 
you, oh, sorry, go ahead. And of course, his name's Helsing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, Judge, <laughs> Judge Helsing is quick. Like, he's not like these other like TV shows where they're like, oh, like we found this body with no blood and two puncture marks on their neck. It must have been wolves or something. Yeah. He's like, listen, this is Dracula, bro. Like, we got to, you got to be careful about this. And Dredd's yeah. like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, Dracula's stupid. That's not real. And I think this is pretty tough talk for a man who has literally been a, been a werewolf. You know, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yep. So we see the man with the coffin. He arrives at the Jolly Perkins boarding house. The landlady, who I guess is Jolly, maybe, um, uh, is questioning at first, but gives him a room. And the whole place is uh, suddenly kind of lose its luster. I guess other guests start disliking the sun. I guess things like things yeah. of that nature. She enters the the this guy, the, uh, the the hunchback's room and tries to unpack the coffin and finds a dude inside. Oh no! Oh, that's terrible. It's just, just, just the, the boarding house itself. Just it makes me think of some back streets of Blackpool or somewhere like that. Some really really sort of damp and decrepit sort of bed and breakfast there. Absolutely horrible. You yeah. know, run by some woman. Yeah, who's going yeah. to, as soon as you're going out to the beach, she's going to be straight into your room looking yeah. through your stuff. Right, through your stuff. Yeah, it reminds <laughs> me, it, it, it makes me think a lot of, uh, of a Doom Lord on Eagle. This just this like, uh, these these sort of nosy landladies and things that they get t- turned to your side and stuff. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so the so the guy in the in the uh, coffin is of course a vampire. Like she's trying to kick, she's she's gonna kick him out. She's like, I I rented to one person. You got two people in here. This is against the rules of the boarding house. She's a woman of business. She knows yeah. what she wants. Yeah. <laughs> but the vampire introducing himself as Dracula himself arises and attacks her. Oh, oh my! What big teeth you have! And then she's all vampire-y <laughs> and evil. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or more evil. Yeah, yeah. Using her boarding take- house to attract new victims. Yeah. She starts taking guests. Mm. It's tough though because this is the kind of vampire where, like, if you get bitten by the vampire, you become one as well, which doesn't seem yeah. very sustainable. Like, you got some like, uh, <laughs> like oh god, like a Malthusian collapse coming with the amount of vampires to the amount of uh, people you can drink from blood and stuff like that. But anyway, you certainly do. But do, 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 I don't know. But I don't really. Do vampires, but do they? Did, can vampires choose which who they, the victims they bite? Which ones become a vampire? Which ones just die? I really feel like it, like there's so many different kinds of vampires with different rules and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> the answer, the answer, anything from yes, one hundred percent to no, there's no way to become a vampire. You know, yeah, like yeah. it could be anything. But for this one, it really seems like if you get bit, you're a vampire. You know, yeah. Um, I really had, to, I really had to suspend my sort of like absolute apathy towards vampires in this one just go with it so yeah <laughs> i mean you know like in the end it's the uh it's the that's it's the, it's the same it's the guy from a fiend from the eastern front sort of putting off office yeah. uniform and trying to find a new life in the 21st century you know yeah uh, yeah <laughs> and i love the way and where are we now was she is she is she's are we in the actual sector so, house? Yet? Yeah, we're, we're back at the sector house. They're beginning to the autopsy of Farina. And there's a funny thing where they sort of notice that she's had some canine enlargement, which is like, they kind of, and it's yeah. like, oh, I can't help but notice this corpse somehow suddenly has vampire fangs. Anyway, yeah. like, let's get back to, you th- back you think, to you, it. You'd think about a judge whose namesake is the world's greatest vampire hunter would just, yeah. Yeah, well, just brilliant. <laughs> I'm sure he's just cried vampire so many times that he's like, you know, he's got to be, he's got to be careful not to get too crazy about it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, as they start to do a uh, start to do an autopsy, they realize that her heart has started beating again. And and I, and I, lo- I love the way as well. Um, obviously, Dracula's calling to her. Yeah, but she she's on the slab, dressed in this sort of like slinky dress, sort of vaguely see through. <laughs> yes, like and her hair down kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and also, well, it's not. Yeah, sort of, but her hair is perfectly spiked as well when she gets up. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of these things. It's like how, uh, yeah, when you, normally when you get cab, when you, when you get uh, possessed by a vampire, you suddenly get like goth makeup instantly applied. You know, it's a, a similar sort of thing. You know, uh, and, and I love her. I love her exactly, and I love her super strength when she she uh, punches out the, the the judge there. Like, it's thud, crack. I mean, his it, whole. I imagine his whole chest cavity has just caved in. You yeah, know she, what I mean? Brilliant. She, 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 she 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 tosses the judge to the side. She's full vampire now. She says, "Leave me be, mortals," which is pretty good. Um, yeah. Wanders out into the night, as you said, in this very slinky, like uh, autopsy gown of some kind. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, yeah. And, and she's, she's got she's got strength strength like a robot wrestler. Yeah, and she's and being- another eight. <laughs> Another APB called Red. <laughs> so many in this in this annual, it's crazy. But um, yeah, she's being called by Dracula and heading in, um, and Helsing oh, Con- calls it into Dread. <laughs> I love this one, right? Listen to this. Simpson, hasta la vista, watching Bay, right? That's the first bit. I see her now walking north along Heidi High. Now that's a reference to an old um, British sitcom or about a holiday camp called um, Heidi High. Ah. Yeah. Hi, 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 holy, holy, holy. Oh, I'm familiar with, <laughs> with, with Cab Calloway for sure. <laughs> that's the old song, yeah. That's, yeah. that's his. But they, they had, um, Heidi, hi. That was the, um, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, took place in this fictitious holiday camp in the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Yeah. So, Dread is skeptical about all this, but decides to go after her. Um, of course, after writing some sick tickets on uh, puking partygoers, as you do. Brilliant. He arrives at the boarding house and doesn't have time to wait for backup or get any special vampire weapons. Instead, he just blasts right in. Uh, the landlady plays dumb, but Dredd notices she doesn't have a reflection in the mirror and Dredd comes up shooting. Yeah. And just before we get to that bit, sorry. It's, um, do you know, I love the way in which he writes in a pen on a paper, the sick ticket, you know, uh, that's just fantastic. But also I think it's Helsing's telling him, you're going to need a crucifix and holy water. And Brett says, yeah, my law give a fire six kinds of bullets. I'm sure one of them will fit the bill. It Brilliant. does. Yeah. And they do. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just great, isn't it? It's like Dread. Oh, so he's, he's the boss. Yeah. yeah the, the, the vampires attack Dread. He shoots one a couple times with regular bullets. They have no effect. So, we, but, you know, he just puts on high X and that handles it. That's sort of the general sovereign remedy for weird, weird monsters. Like, you know, okay, uh, regular bullets, lot, hit it with high X. Then we got to make another plan <laughs> if that doesn't work, you know? And you, I love that small insert panel there with the just the pool of steaming blood. Fantastic. Definitely. That <laughs> says, uh, yeah, listen, you might not kill you, but it'll make you hard to put, you, put yourself to get back together again. <laughs> yep. Brilliant. Uh, Dread blasts a couple of them, but eventually they sort of overwhelm him and Dracula prepares to convert Dread to becoming a vampire. When the cavalry shows up, a whole bunch of judges blasting everybody away. Dread just tells them to get to high X, like start destroying Abs- these guys. Yeah. And I love this bit on the, um, on the page there where he's been attacked by the, uh, by the vampires minions. And, uh, I don't know what's happened. He's, he's punched him in the face see your dentist pal and one of them's trying to sort of like bite down on his shoulder pad oh, yeah, yeah. i don't know 
I, I think this guy broke his teeth on his shoulder pad, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, or maybe like 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 the stab proofing of his uniform or something like that. Um, yeah. But as, and there's a really yeah. great sorry, there's a really great sound there, Karump. See I you know, it's like, what is that sound? Brilliant. Sorry, I'll carry on. No, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, there's so much going on for sure. Um so as the judges are taken out, they're vadooming all of the different vampires and stuff. Uh, Dracula goes to run. He turns into a bat and flies away. But Dredd isn't worried. He hits the flying rodent with an incendiary bullet, which we'll also see later in this in this annual. Um, anyhow, Fantastic. Dracula goes flying to Earth, one wing on fire, to be continued. Fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. I love this. Just this cliffhanger, all these vampires and stuff. Again, like um, we, we've talked about this in the podcast before, but I just love how the uh, the judges j- just can deal with things that come up. You know, there's never like, oh, there's a vampire. What are we going to do? It's like, I just blow them up. Like, listen, we got a, we got an idea for this. Like we can call the exorcists <laughs> later or something like that, you know? And, 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 I, and I love this one as an echo of what comes before shadowing. What comes, Stop in the name of the law, Batman. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he's not having it. It's a vampire. It's a Batman still, but brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Definitely. Yeah. And speaking of a brilliance, let's go to Thrill 7, Day of the Droid, and Profile Steve McManus. Very good. Two uh, top-level guys here. You know, more filler, of course, but this one, again, kind of interesting. Uh, Dominic Wells is talking to Maestro Pat Mills about his day and work schedule. Um, I was kind of interesting. Like, he, um, he always listens to music when he's writing and has different things that he listens to four different characters so listen to like tchaikovsky's for slain or something like that yeah once to depress somebody or put on some some chopin or something of that nature yeah i have to say comrade pat mills has been such a massive part of my life he really is just a you know a personal hero i think he's fantastic just as a as a writer and creator and also his, his politics as well it's just, he's brilliant Love him. Yeah, definitely. There's some really interesting stuff in here. I like that uh, he mentions martial law as well. It's got a lot of play this annual, but yeah. and, and it's just coming out as they're doing this one. I've I've read that recently, and and it's pretty great. Um, yeah. He, he, sorry. Yeah. So no, he's um, it, it's his passion, isn't it? As well, the, everything he does, he's so passionate about it. Absolutely. It comes through on this as well. I think. You know? Yeah. Um, we learned he also does a lot of reading. He's got to deal with his 17-year-old daughters fighting all over the place. I think it's pretty interesting. He's got, two, he's got a pair of 17-year-old twins, which has got to be uh, pretty complicated, I'd imagine. Um, we also learned that he's doing a, a book series with his wife, Angie, The Butterfly Children, which is a series right. of, a, of a children's books, which will actually eventually become a musical. And the album of the soundtrack will be, be performed by Brotherhood of Man, which I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, um, my God. Do you know who they were? Yeah, well, like I don't know a ton about Brotherhood of Man, but they did do the uh, the song for our first episode, so I feel like I always have a connection for them that uh, that uh, Sean Don Lamore song or whatever. Oh no, no, Sean Don Lamore would have been. um, Oh no, no, that was Manhattan Turnpike or whatever. That's Manhattan Transfer. Transfer. That's what it is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But they were this sort of jazz sort of singers. But um, yeah, but. but uh, Brotherhood of Man, well, we, do you, have you heard of the Eurovision Song Contest? Yes. So that's a huge thing. Well, well the UK have won it a few times, and they did in the 70s with the Brotherhood of Man. They had this song called Save All Your Kisses for Me. You oh, might have right. had that, actually, one of the action. Yeah, one of the action. No, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of a, of a Angelo. They did 
We had that one on the show. They did um, that one too. Yes, they yeah. did that one as well. Yeah, but "Save All Your Kisses" for me was this like was a was a Eurovision Song, song Contest winner. Um, yeah, really uh, horrible stuff. But uh, <laughs> that's what they were. Yeah, it's, it just yeah. seems like this uh, this uh, ultra pop of years that you know continues to this day, but is always such a uh, yeah. you know, so pervasive yeah. and like yeah. it's the absolute no, lowest end of pop. Yeah, no one seems to like it, but somehow it sells thousands of albums. But somehow everybody has the album for it or something like that. And it's like no. I'm <laughs> No, no amount of nostalgia can make me like that. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we see that like – it's interesting. This is a real big, big period for Pat Mills. You know, he's got a lot on both the UK and the US. I mean, as this is coming out, of course, he's got um, Slain and um, – and Nemesis in the uh, in the Prague, Eddie's doing a, a third world war for uh, for Crisis, plus like martial law and other stuff in the states as well. He's a very yeah. b- very busy guy at this period. We also he's so he's, prolific. Yeah, and he's doing like Celtic stuff. He's doing Celtic research for Slain, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, actually, it's, it's interesting. Actually, the Slain stuff is the one I sort of like least engage with, despite mm-hmm. you know my, my Irish heritage. But um, <laughs> very enjoy it. But uh, um, you know, I'll, my, my, I suppose my favorite for him would would be the uh, the ABC Warriors and the more futuristic stuff he does, and Nemesis particularly. Like, that was oh, my yes. favorite. Yeah, yeah so Nemesis. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. But I love the images, the O'Neill images here of uh, Mongrel and the and the and, and Mechquake. Fantastic. Yeah, Mechquake. We got Jewel Pineapples. All these guys. Yeah, really, yeah, sniping. Yeah. Just, Did just, you know that? I've not heard you mention it on the um, podcast actually, though. But do, do you know that what what what's um, Mechquake's catchphrase? Uh, big jobs, of course. Do you know what, do you know what big jobs are, don't you? Um, I I mean I know in, in the comics it's like uh, destroying other robots and stuff like that, but I don't know if there's a larger reference than that. Well, it's a toilet reference. It's, oh uh, no! As, yeah, it is. You do big jobs, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so as a kid, we all, yeah we we all knew what the big jobs were, so that was part of that. So yeah. Oh, you've added a, a whole level to that for me. I'm 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 I'm, I'm have to tell Fox this, and we're going to get all freaked out. Excellent. <laughs> But actually, so, you know, we just knew the big jobs was that. So, yeah. Anyway. That's terrible. <laughs> All right. So we yeah. move on. We've got um, a profile for Steve McManus, of course, longtime 2080 editor. And now he's working mostly on annuals and crisis, I believe. Um, at, or at the time of this printing, I mean. Um, yeah. S- slightly different favorite things where we've got like films, TV shows, records, comics, and books. His favorite comic, of course, is 2000 AD. And I love how, like, I'd say like seven out of 10 of his uh, top 10 comics are also by 2000 AD, um, like uh, uh, alumni and creators and stuff like that. They that are. is excellent. Yeah. Yeah, some of them I don't even know. What, what's what's uh, Doonesbury? Uh, Doonesbury is the comic strip in America. It's like it's a daily comic strip, but it started in kind of in the late sixties or about the Vietnam War. And it's got a lot of uh, it's like this long running uh, po- uh, po- uh, politics based uh, daily comic strip. Oh wow, yeah, it's fantastic. pretty interesting. Like I don't know, for a while I was really into it. Um, I guess maybe in the early two thousands or something like that. But it's definitely yep. something that's got this like it's got this. Uh, liberal voice that sort of like makes fun of uh, the politics of the day and stuff and it's um i remember like in the in 2000 i bought a cop i bought a a collection that had this like a you know a cd at it like a cd an early cd rom that had all of the the whole series collected in it. and it's funny like just being able to go back to like 1968 and like read like you know jokes about about like nixon and other things <laughs> it's kind of fun oh, that, sounds, that sounds that sounds awesome actually yeah yeah fantastic 
Yeah, and I, I, I'm going to mention his favorite records when we get to. Uh, is it who's the is it Grant Morrison we go to? Yeah, who's the, yeah, yeah. He's we'll next. talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. So instead, let's um co- let, let's continue on continuing with Thrill Eight Father Earth Part Two. Oh, look at that artwork, Conrad. Yeah. yeah, Ron Smith's on art for this one. And like I said, no one destroys Mega City One like Ron Smith. I love this this, this section. It's so insane. Yeah. Uh, the Disciples of I wanna, Fire. I just, yeah. I just, sorry, carry on. So I'll, I'll mention something in a minute, yeah. I was going to say, uh, so yes, yeah, so the, the Disciples of Father Earth have set off a bomb inside of Mega City One's geothermal power system. And now the building's this huge volcano spilling lava into the streets. We've got this awesome artwork of, of chaos going through as buildings fall to pieces and giant chasms open up in the earth. Even the walls around the city crumble and Father Earth's forces move in. Oh, oh it's, it's just great. so good. It's really good. It's just everything about it is so much action and movement. And it's yeah. just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. But I always, well, as kids, we we used to read these um, uh, books in England called um, Ladybird Books, and there was one particular story called The Magic Porridge Pot. And uh, okay, so, so it's, it's a tenuous reference, but I remember thinking to myself, this particular scene here, where all the lava's coming down, there's this porridge pot that keeps producing porridge, and it spills out everywhere, and it just reminds <laughs> me of that particular scene there. It's fantastic. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So we, anyway. see, we see Dread on the move. He's uh, trying and I think surprisingly often failing to save townspeople. Like he's not they like, do. like he's definitely like people are definitely dying around him and he can't help it. Um, uh, I mean, it's so horrible. I mean, yeah. they're having breakfast. The next thing she's actually falling to her death. There's this one yeah. part. Yeah, we see this lady who's like just holding on by your fingertips yes. on this giant chasm. But then because the earth is still moving, like the uh, the chasm smashes shut. And you can just see your hands sticking out of this like closed chasm in the earth, and Dred is just oh. sort of lying next to her, like unable to do anything to help her. It's really heartbreaking and really like just a Isn't great that, little moment. It is. It's classic 2000 AD. That is. It's just like you think you might save her as the hero, but nope. Nah, it's <laughs> just the hands. It's, it's too much, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. So Dred shoots the muty leaders and ends up barely outracing a huge wall of lava, at which point he calls in for the ultimate help, the Holocaust Squad. Fantastic. Oh, it's cool. A team of elite judges built for suicide missions. They drop in in heat suits that will only protect them from the lava for three minutes. Brilliant. It's real cool. We get this tense scene as we sit with Dread as he listens on the radio, helpless as the Holocaust squatters try to shut down the lava flow, each one dying in turn until finally we see that they've succeeded after they've all died. It's great. Did it? They, they brought the, the Holocaust squad back for a while, didn't they? I think I'm so. Sure I, they, I, yeah, I know they the, turn the, up the, from time not, to time for sure. Yeah, but they had their own strip, I'm sure, in the, the late 90s, oh, early 200. I'm sure they, I believe yeah, so. I, I forget. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's too far in the future for me to remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. it's a great, it's a great premise. So I loved it, loved it. Yeah, Fantastic. definitely. Um, yeah. Now that the disaster is done. It's time for a reckoning with Father Earth. Oh yeah, but so hey, shop of horrors. <laughs> yeah, be, 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 before we do that, I guess let's check out these uh, carnivorous, the carnivorous, the alien carnivorous plant section of the Mega City One Botanical Gardens. Yes. This is deadly plants all over. They're eating people and shooting off deadly puffballs, singing siren songs, and then killing folks. Oh, look at them. 
Yeah, meanwhile, yep. while Dread is is uh, closing in on Father Earth, stopping to rearrest those uh, cosmic punks from the previous Dread story, um, it's, and isn't that uh, isn't that face though? By the way, they're they're growing on me. It's a typical 2000 AD. I've been possessed, or you know, with the, with the pustules there, isn't it? Definitely. Uh, yeah, just is, yeah, yeah, this guy gets hit by pustules and his face starts to pop and balloon up, like kind of getting swamp thingified. It's real gross. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, um, and on the next on the next page, right, we've got a fantastic shot of Dread rolling, haven't we? Oh yeah, he's, he's like, full um full like a uh, cannonballing to escape the shots of those cosmic punks. <laughs> Pang, pating, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so oh. me- meanwhile, Father Earth is distraught. Their attack has failed until he hears the call of this blood plant that sings a siren song, or as he calls it, the God Plant. Oh dear! Uh, Dread gives chase as the cultists um, get closer and closer to the main plant, dying in various plant ways as they go. Everybody's just sort of getting eaten by giant fly traps and things like that. It's just so good. Yeah, fi- so good. Finally, the big plant swallows Father Earth whole, and that's it for for his capture. He's one with nature now. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, and doesn't he doesn't he give up the um girl in, in, before that as well? She she gets eaten. Oh, yeah, she that. gets a like like oh yes, like he's got one last disciple, and um, <laughs> you know, he's like only you and you and I survive, my dear. Only we would be considered pure enough to gaze upon his majesty. But then she gets swallowed by a giant giant Venus flytrap, and he's like, ah, oh, I guess it's just me. Fine, I'm going to meet my god. And he, uh, he's got the classic, when she gets swallowed, you see her leg. She's got the classic 2000, aye! Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, it's fantastic. Yeah, Dread comes yeah. swinging in on a vine. It's good times. And yeah, it's the final, like, Father Earth gets eaten by the singing plant. And, uh, you know, he's joined a sick god. And who can I, who, who am I to say? It isn't justice. Yeah, brilliant. Love it. This Father Absolutely Earth. Fantastic. Good times. Yeah. All right, so let's continue on. Thrill 9, Profile Grant Morrison, The Mega City Times, and Profile Alan Grant. Fantastic. Uh, so another profile here. Um, this one by the shadowy um, writer of Zenith, Grant Morrison, who is not, I can't, I must say, can't, can't seem to say that he's written any dread at this point, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> mm. Um and he's got a uh, list of books, films, TV shows, comics, and top records. Um, I, I do like that he's got um, Mouse on his uh, favorite comics list. That's a good good choice for this era, for sure. Yeah, it is, yeah. But also, what I noticed was the difference in the uh, the, rec- the the favorite records. Favorite records. You can really tell the generational difference between McManus <laughs> and, and Morrison. So McManus is obviously from the the late sixties, early seventies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas Grant Morrison is of the time, he's of the of the eighties and the late eighties. There, like Jesus yeah. and Mary Chain, the Smiths, you know, all the stuff I was listening to. So fantastic! <laughs> totally, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, brilliant. I feel like you, 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 like a smarter man than me could do some psychological breakdown of what everybody's favorite Beatles album is listed as. I remember Wagner was Revolver, and um, Morrison's is a Rubber Soul, which I think is 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 my favorite one. But I don't know if that's just comes down to personality well, big, or something. No, as a big Beatles fan, I think Rubber Soul and, and Revolver are the high points, aren't they? So there you go, <laughs> for sure. 
Yeah. So next we see the Mega City One Times. It's the it's it's just a Mega City One newspaper, and this one's got articles talking about the Costa del Blood story we've been reading, um, like a, a Justice Department denying that there's vampire stuff going on and things like that. Yeah, pretty funny. Yeah. So um, not much to say about this one really. I mean, it's uh, I don't know about you, Conrad, but I thought this was pretty much a lot of filler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- there's yeah, yeah. little stuff. I mean, I do like that they've got the answers for the word search sort of yeah. hidden in the middle of this. I, I feel like that's a better way to do it than just here's an answers page. And there's yeah. one or two like little like like joke articles in here. There's one that's about um, dead pigeons falling, like, you know like, like covering the city. <laughs> No, I've picked up on that because I've got my notes here. This it's like uh, I love they've got a recipe, you know, for these. Um, the three drug birds were snapped up by champion fatty Roscoe Arbuckle. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine him just scooping up these and just throwing them down his neck. Yeah. I love it. And then there's like uh, there's like a uh, there's like a page three girl, but it's like a terrorist yes. from the Yasir Arafat block, you know. Yeah, yeah. She typically she's that typical look, sort of like some drama school model trying to look tough. You right, know, exactly. It's very uh, very uh, Tina Turner and Beyond Thunderdome, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Her bandolier yeah. and stuff. Um, and there's like uh, TV shows, and I love that one of the shows is like EastEnders: The Next Generation. You know, it's just been yeah. going on all this time. You know. <laughs> and they're, they're showing a they're showing a Star Trek episode of Mock Time, which is a good one. Where he that's the one where he fights Kirk, isn't it? Yeah, which yeah, is great. And uh, they've got Angry Meals is on, so you got this um, Angry Meals is some sort of investigative journalist uh, show. Paul McCartney's the show. Paul McCartney, obviously, they like Paul McCartney's doing a world tour. Tom Frame's got his own program. And what I liked most of all was actually there's a close down. I don't know what we've had in America, but in the UK we used to have a television wasn't twenty four. So oh yes, yeah. Good. So we had closed down. <laughs> yeah, in America we had these. It was always really weird because it's like some guy reading reading a po reading like like a poem over an American flag, like to reach out and touch the face of God. It was like always at the end of of, of the broadcast yeah. day in those days. It was very weird. Um, that's when you knew you had to go to bed. You know, it's like all right, like TV's gone to sleep, so you do too. You know. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. yeah. Finally, we have a fact file on uh, Alan Grant, uh, Dread and Strontium Dog author. He's got top films, TV shows, cars, and books. Um, and here's where I noticed that some of these car choices were jokes because he's got uh, go-karts and dodgems uh, um, in his um, in his top I think cars. They're fu- Oh, go cars are fantastic, and so are Dodgem cars. So I think they're great choices. Oh, sure. <laughs> of all, I mean, of all, those, of all those stuff, cars, yeah, of all those cars there, those would be the two cars I'd be interested in. The rest, I'm no interest in. Also, <laughs> I mentioned uh, Dodgems are what they call uh, bumper cars in, uh, in in England. Absolutely, we do. We call them bumper cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, so move on from here because we got to keep finishing up these stories with Thrill Ten Pyro Part Two. <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, same uh, same creative team here. Uh, and Gord Umber, the pyro, is on the run, but a pair of judges are after him. Lord. They shoot and wound the psychic and try to capture him, but he t- burns them to death instead. But they're in, they're in hot pursuit, Conrad. Oh, no. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> they they, yeah, they're in hot pursuit. No, they've got man. the infrared camera there, so they're going to catch him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dread arrives, he corns off the area. Like you said, set his bike to show infrared and tracks Gord's red hot footprints. Oh, At yeah. midnight, Gord is headed into this all-night um, night mart. 
And yes. inside, he uh, he heads into the all-night mark. He's leading blood. He's he's leaking blood, I should say. Dread follows fast and has the mart sealed behind them. Inside, Gord thinks he might have thrown off the judges. But even so, he can't control himself from just burning a, a, a shop droid just for fun, basically. Oh, yeah. And Dredd's got a Dredd, I love the way Dredd it's it's uh has to jump into the uh into the sort of mal pool. Yeah. To- oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We, 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 we haven't quite got there yet, but yeah. Oh sorry, but at a at a triple oh four, Dredd's in the story, finds Gord, but then the pyro takes a hostage. Dredd tries to negotiate, but Gord uses his powers, and soon Dredd himself is smoldering on fire. Um the uh, the, the uh, uh, Gord sends pyrokinetic energy ripping through the place, um, and Dread desperately needs to douse the flame. So, he, like I said, he dives into a fountain and is saved. Luckily, they aren't just ornamental; they can actually, uh, you know, are there in case you get set on fire, which is helpful. Uh, yep. He tells other judges oh. are arriving to help the citizens. He's going after the pyro. I love this one. You you shoppers, jump or fry. Brilliant. Yeah. The whole night mart's going up in flames. Fire teams try to handle the blaze and shopper must jump from the windows. Gord looks on at his flames transfi- transfixed, but soon knows he has to leave or I'll be burned to death. Dread searching for Gord as the pyro go- uh, stands there in an open window and grabs a bat glider suit, preparing to fly to safety when Dread finally arrives. Exactly the same takedown as the uh, as very, um, that- <laughs> yeah, very similar here. Um, <laughs> yeah, dodging brilliant. bullets, he goes to the window. He leaps out and starts to fly away. He's free for a moment, but Dren shoots him with an incendiary bullet. You know, like a certain vampire bat, and the pyro f- falls, a smoking corpse, as Dread escapes the building with serious burns, but not so serious he can't get back to work. Of course. Judge Arkin finds Gord's body and he's turned a real burnt umber in color. Oh, that's the joke. We've been working on this pun for the whole story. Oh, geez. It's true. It's horrible. And uh, But I love this one as well. He said, they, they come, uh, Dredd, you've got three degree, third degree burns here, Dredd. I'm sending you to the sector house for tissue regeneration. Take that stretcher away. I can walk. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yes, no, Dredd. You can't stop him. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> they make a they make a second um, burnt joke in the in the next panel. Just like someone who plays with fire is bound to get his fingers burnt. Like, gee, not to mention oh. the rest of them. Like, come on, it's too many puns here. My pun levels are, are dangerously yep. high. <laughs> yep. Dread spends an hour in the tissue in the tissue regenerator to fix his burns, and he's back on the street. It's 0130 oh. and the graveyard shift is at its peak. There's ri- job riots, mutant incursions, and a hostage situation in progress. Dread is uh, on the way. Fantastic. And I've just seen another reference here, Conrad. He says, item, job riot, Tebbit works. Bike judges required. So uh, is it Gordon Tebbit? He was like a, uh, the um, Tory, the conservative jobs minister. I, I'm trying to remember oh, in the 80s. That's awesome. And he's fa- – and he's famous for saying that the unemployed should get on their bikes and find work. And there was like three, three million unemployed at the time. An absolute, you know, you can imagine what I think of him. So anyway, so yeah. His references, yeah, because they need bike <laughs> judges. Oh, geez, that's a lot. So yeah, that's, 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 that's Tebbit anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah. 
uh, a divisive character to say the least. Brilliant, wow. brilliant. There you oh, go. Great stuff. Yeah, so now, and Dread's on his way. And as we go, so we finish up this Daily Dread story. Oh, this is a fun one. Just so, you know, because it's a, it's a daily strip, there have to be these little peaks at the end of each pa- at the end of each row of panels basically at the end of each day of the comic and it really just kind of keep, makes a, is a story that just feels like it's always kind of cresting a little bit higher each time it makes it a lot of fun really good stuff really good definitely let's uh, just smooth things out with our final filler section thrill 11 profile steve yo dread rap yeah. so we're so still again about, enough- yeah. Sorry, go sorry, ahead. I said another, another, uh, another of the new generation of um, yeah. of artists, yeah, and uh, writers. Yeah, we're still about sixty progs before Yola does any dread work, but okay, I guess. And this, yeah. to me, the fact that it's these two guys and uh, Grant Wagner and McManus makes really, to me, it really feels like they were in the office. They needed five extra pages, and they just grabbed whoever was around to like fill yep. out a uh, fill out a comment card or something, and just get their answers here. And it's just kind of no, like we, two writers handing in scripts at one team that might that might have been like London local or something like that. Yeah, a couple of highlights though, Conrad. I mean, his uh, there's a car I hadn't rem- I thought of, but he his favorite cars Scalectrics. Did you have Scalectrics in America? No, I don't know that one. It's the it's the um what do they call them um they're on the tracks the the, the fix on the tracks they go around the uh oh the tracks, yeah like a slot cars I guess we slot call them. cars exactly what they are we call ah. them scalectrics for us love them yeah they were huge in the seventies and eighties yeah but uh, and also he's his favorite TV shows he liked the young ones did you ever get the young ones yes yes yeah, yeah I'm familiar with that one for sure uh, yeah yeah oh, love them. I just saw that his tenth favorite cars, those amphibious cars that always appear nineteen in sixties movies, and I got to agree with that. That's an excellent one. Uh, absolutely brilliant, <laughs> and a, and a bubble car as well. Now, I, I my uh, my stepdad had a uh, had a bubble car in the sixties, and his his abiding memory of it, he says, is that actually the uh, he got trapped in it. Oh no! <laughs> because somebody parked too close, and apparently you couldn't get the lid up. So. Oh right! So those doors with the door in the front. I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, it used to cover flip up. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, brilliant. I, yeah, I also appreciate that. Um, one of his favorite comics is uh the manga Lone Wolf and Cub from Japan. Like that's sort of a that's a a, a pretty multicultural for this era of comics as well. Um, oh right, and, and is and, and he's got a UK action as well, which I think we can all all appreciate here on a space spinner for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. So next. Oh, and look, look at oh. that. And also, like, the Beatles revolver is his favorite Beatles album. Yeah, it's funny. It's sort of an interesting <laughs> thing. Uh, <laughs> next up, we've got Dread Rap, which is, um, again, compiled by, by Mike Butcher. It's 20 things you didn't know about Dread. Although I think almost all of these are from the pages of the comic. So I feel like I've picked some of these up, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's stuff like, uh, like that. Testing on animals was um, was banned in Prague 126, which is the issue after the Father Earth story, actually, because Dread met a talking cat. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I do like and, – and Butch is good for this one, actually, just sort of knowing how many times stuff has happened. So like how many times Dread has been pronounced uh, dead, which is four at this point, or times Dread has bared his face, for instance. And there are some deep cuts, like the first mayor of Mega City 1, which is Mayor Amalfi, who died in the pages of the Dan Dare – of the 1979 Dan Dare annual all these many years ago. Oh, yes. And uh, I just uh, want to mention to you while we're here, yeah. uh, number three, number three, Walter No More. 
Oh no! Because I'll tell I can tell you something now, mate. When I ever hear you talk about Walter, we're in total agreement. Hated him, <laughs> absolutely. He was the worst part of any dredge trip when he turned up. The most frustrating character. Oh, it's so just, funny. Just, like, um, <laughs> I, like nothing to me feels more like 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 a corporate like thing in these pages of these uh, of these two thousand eight comics. Because I could definitely, I could just imagine a. Uh, like, like a corporate marketing team, like we, he needs to have a cute sidekick that has a funny voice. All right, like fine, we'll do Walter. No one's gonna like this. I'm like, oh, maybe someone will like it. Then you talk to them. No, nobody. Like the only people who like Walter are doing it um, as like opposed to like be contradictory and stuff like that. Yeah, yes, great. Yeah, I don't remember anybody ever talked to you like Walter. He's such a horrible character. Yeah, just not- wanted him to be to explode. Uh, yeah, man. You know, his last real appearance at this point was in 286. And I think of the ensuing 300 comics, there's never been someone who's been like, hey, like, when's Walter coming back? Like, what's going on with that guy? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After that, there's a there's the cover of the 2000 AD annual. I think the 2000 AD annual might have been a little better this year, I think. But it's hard to tell. And I do really like this uh, Ewans and Jim McCarthy cover with just Kano in the foreground and Dread and Thard coming after him in space. That's good times. Yeah, it's good. And it's good. Let's speaking of uh, people going down in flames, James. Oh, geez. <laughs> Thrill 12, Costa del Blood, part four. Or part three. Oh, my God. Oh, all over the place. Hall of Horrors. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, no, you're copying my bit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. It's whatever. Um, so Dracula's been hit with an incendiary round. He falls into, into a fun fair and deals deadly swipes to passerby. Swipe! Crack! Uh, yes. Oh, Dread, Dread is on the case. He follows the beast into the Hall of Horrors, where he'll be where, of course, Dracula will be hard to pick out from the other monsters. He hauls evacuated as Dread goes further into the place. Um he you know, he's continuing on, he passes Frankensteins and mummies and so forth. A coffin opens, it's Dracula! Or at least a Dracula, as Dread blasts it, but it is then attacked from behind by the real Drac. Fantastic. They yes. rest, yeah, they wrestle around, but before the vampire can draw, can bite dread, the lawman bites his nose. Oh, oh isn't that just? Resort. <laughs> isn't it just brilliant? I just, I just put down the nose bite is just classic dread. Never, but I also like the, I like the way just beforehand they snapped off the, um, the shovel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously yeah. for us. For the steak, brilliant. Well, that's a fake out for the steak, actually. You know, as you rec- as you as we'll see. Um, so, Dread breaks free of the clench after this mouth on nose violence and fires a row of bullets into the Transylvanian Lord. Oh no! Bullets. I love that. Splat, 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 splat. It's just five bullet holes coming out the vampire's back. It's awesome. Um, bullets have no effect on vampires but dread fires another line this one vertical forming a cross of bullet holes on the hell spawns heart oh no (laughs) and a perfect cross as well let's face it as well a perfect crucifix good shooting for sure um (laughs) dracula begins to smoke and hiss and seems to be dying but just to make sure dread grabs the club of from the hand of a nearby yeti and drives it into dracula's (laughs) heart See, I got faked out by the shovel, too. I thought for yes, sure he yeah. was going to stab it with him. But no, just, yeah. the, just the sharp end of a Yeti's club, and that's it. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Brilliant. <laughs> the vampire yeah. is fully staked. And don't worry, um, Helsing. I made sure I made sure of him, just like the book said. Stake through the heart. Really but they good. spell stake like S-T-E-A-K, and I'm not sure about that <laughs> about that pun right there. That's too much. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to- yeah, I'm trying to. I think. Do you think that's a mistake? I think that's just a mistake. That's just a mistake. Because- <laughs> Another pun there, but yeah. yeah but um, it's, it's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, still anyway. great. I love that. That's a really good one. The nose bite in particular was fantastic. Just real heads up, <laughs> heads up play, and then yeah, just like shooting the cross in his in his chest is just the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Oh, it's yeah. really great. Yeah, it's everything you want. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you, Conrad. That's yeah. brilliant. And there we go. Oh, man. That means we've reached the end of the 1989 Judge Dredd Annual. And I have only one question for you, James, and it's this. What were your top and bottom thrills? Well, very quickly then. I think um, the top thrill for me has to be the only piece of original storytelling in there, which is Costa del Blood. Mm. Yeah, so for me, uh, it's got everything. It's got the color, it's got the uh, square art, it's got the comedy, it's got all the vampire tropes, it's mm-hmm. got dread at its best. It's got, but the best thing about it, you've got the bare-chested judge shooting at the bathers in the hazmat suits. <laughs> uh, to me, yeah, it's just so good. And you've got the nose bite at the end. Uh, it's just, uh, it's everything you want. It's, it's, it's the silliness mm-hmm. um, of Judge Dredd at its very best. So that's that's my top top thrill, the Costa del Blood. Yeah. And my bottom one, it's hard because the reprints are two, what I consider to be just classics. I mean, if you, mm-hmm. if you had, if you, if, if you were a kid in 89, 88, and you picked, you'd been given this as a present and you'd seen Ron Smith and Brian Bolland for the first time, I think you'd be blown away, you know, by those two yeah. strips. Oh, definitely. They're really, they're really excellent. So there's no way they're going to be the bottom three. So for me, I think it's the, um, I'm just trying to find it now. It's the, uh, uh, the Mega City Times. Is that okay to choose that? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, yeah. like this is the like these annuals are the times when you can pick like the future shock or the random like thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because really, sorry, mate. Go ahead. I was gonna say, like, you know, we've been blessed all this year. I don't think there's been a single text story in the or you know multi-page prose story in the whole of these specials and annuals. Like, they're definitely holding something back. But I appreciate the efforts with that for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with you and uh, you and Fox about the text stories. By the way, they hated them at the time. You know, when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, it really was uh, horrible. But um, <laughs> yeah, but the Mega City Times is just, again all the other stuff, even the sort of profiles. Although that all is filler and. You know, it's interesting. You want to know about you want to know about the creators, yeah. and I think that's good. And and they they and when you are, I can imagine, you know, when you see that it gives you a sense of what other people are listening to, and it's it's inspiring. I think, but the um, but uh, the Mega City Times is just. I mean, it's it's funny. There's some funny parts in it, and it's interesting. But to me, it is just pure filler. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Conrad? What are your top and bottom thrills? Ooh, I think for my top, I've got to agree with you on Costa del Blood. That's a real fun story. I love when Dread interacts with the supernatural and the and the and the fantastique. You know, um, I just love whenever they bring they take this sci-fi story and bring in traditional monsters and things. That's a lot of fun. And just the uh, the uh, what happened? What, what would happen if Dread fought Dracula? Is such a perfect. Like one off, like ah, oh, like this doesn't really count. Let's just have some fun, like um, 
like a it's it's a great annual story i think especially yeah, with was. the addition of this sort of setting of like the uh, of 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 uh the justice department on the beach and stuff like that so much of that was just really like funny world building and stuff that i think is really great um yeah. and then i think for my bottom uh, um I like I said like like I I kind of came down on the on the profiles but I think they are actually pretty interesting especially I could imagine being a kid in this era and thinking like oh like I like John John uh, John Wagner's writing or uh, or Steve Yule's art like maybe um I could get these lists of like books and comics and try to run them down and read them myself you know I think that's an interesting way of creating just a a bibliography for you know young people to to be inspired by so I I, I can't be down on that I think for my my bottom thrill I'm gonna pick the Judge Dread word search. Get out of here with that. Um, (laughs) Making me answer questions, plus like several of the word search answers are backwards on the word search, which I find always to be very difficult. So um, whatever. Get out of here, stupid word search. I don't don't care for you. Uh, (laughs) And also, also, the worst thing about picking up an annual, uh, a used annual, for example, is if the word search is done. Oh, I can't stand that. <laughs> I feel I feel I feel different ways about it. I think like I do I do sometimes think it's fun. Like as as a grown up, I think it's funny just because um, I like to imagine like a kid sort of sitting there like puzzling over like the crossword or the word search or something like that. Like I don't know. Yeah, it just sort of makes me nostalgic. But as a collector, I'm like, oh come on, kid, what are you doing? You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but uh, it's it's so overall, I'd say it, it's a it's a decent annual. But uh, it's it, it, it's uh, it's there's not enough original material in there. That's what I would say about the problem with this one is. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. tough. Like I, I mean I like yeah I I like this big story, but yeah, it's not. It feels like not quite enough. Although I do I do also like like the daily dreads in there, like this big yeah. ex- extensive section of them and stuff. I feel I I I I um we we, we just started having them, but I've really appreciated the uh, the actual dailies as opposed to the. Uh, the the Saturday daily star strips just because those feel like those can feel like I I really like like their writing style and stuff but it also is like oh mm. like, here's one comic strip and it takes up a whole page like you you know at some point it's like all right like you just put twelve in here just sort of fill these pages more than for the actual content we're getting out yeah. of them if that makes sense the daily dreads are super I really are oh, good yes. I mean. You, you 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 learned to like them, didn't you? Because at first you were a bit dubious I mean, about them. At first, I kind of like didn't know what I was getting. You know, they've definitely. Yeah. I feel like just just in the course of these episodes on annuals and specials, they've really grown on me and been sort of something yeah. that I've really come to appreciate. It's a different form, isn't it? And you, you see the skill in it, and, the, and you, the, the output is just phenomenal. And the actual storytelling to get that every day is just you know whatever. So yeah. whatever, whatever this was published, it's, it's quite skillful. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but I feel like, um, you know, it's just another, it, it, it's, it's one of, it's like that old video, uh, 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 tens where you sort of, you know, they, in the course of the video, you sort of zoom in 10%, like, like by, by a power of 10 and then by a power of 10. So you go from like, like the planet Earth, like people to like, uh, paramecium's or something like that. But with this, it's like, it's, uh, 2008. It's like, it's like comic book storytelling. You know, you've you got a, a, an American comic book where you tell a story in 25 pages. Then you've got 2000. AD where you tell a story in 
in uh in four pages then you've got like the the, the daily dreads or or, the, or especially the weekly dreads we tell a story in like one set of panels like in one page yeah. you know it's yeah. just it's just sh- seeing how these creators can get their can get a, a cohesive story um story across and in conse- in, conse- in in increasingly smaller and smaller spaces you know it's yeah. really interesting all right brilliant yeah great stuff and I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Bitter 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site, spacebitter2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacebitter2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacebitter2k. For anything else with spacebitter2000, we should be there. James, thank you so much for coming on the show. It uh, was a pleasure. Oh, fantastic. Is there anything <sighs> you'd like to plug or where people can find you here on these internet streets? I'm just simply a, a reader of 2000 AD. So um, as I said, uh, I, I, I moved to Ireland from the UK about five years ago. So mm-hmm. if there are anybody out there in the Cork area who is uh, interested in uh, 2000 AD, um, I'd be happy to meet up and chat all things dread and otherwise. Yeah, so, fantastic. Uh, yeah, contact, contact the show and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send it along if you want. Yeah, that'd be good. So that'd be fantastic. So um it is a bit lonely out here, <laughs> 2000 AD-wise, I must add. So, uh, you know, there's not many other people like me who actually know or care about it. So, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Fans have to come together. I think that's been a message of this year's annuals and specials for sure. Um, that's right. Uh, and everybody come back next week as PJ Maybe discusses his summer break. The Moonrunners start deliveries. Nemesis is headed to a party. And Zenith is headed to... Or, sorry. Zenith is headed to Scotland. And Chopper is back. Headed for a rematch. Until then, I'm Conrad. He's James. And we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid Earth Rig! Splendid Earth Rig! All right!